Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. That's right, we're the podcast that explores the American animated sitcom The Simpsons from season 11 and beyond. Why season 11 and beyond, you ask? Well, we know there are plenty of other podcasts that explore the Golden Age, that being seasons 1 through 10, and an entity known as the Wheel of Random has trapped us and forced us to watch seasons 11 and beyond, and the newest ones when they're available. That's not the case this week, but we'll still explore. I say we because I am an annoyed grunt boy named Steve, and with me, as always, is the other annoyed grunt boy. Craig. Hey, Craig. How's it going? I've been a little busy this week sure. yeah. or last week or whatever. I did something that uh wanting to do for a while, and uh, that is to go back to our very first episode, Dial N for Nerder, mm-hmm. and listen to it. <laughs> and in the process of listening to it, because I, I haven't listened to the first probably, uh, I didn't start editing the podcast, I think, until about maybe episode six, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, you you did the first couple, right? Yes, I did, unfortunately. So, so I went back and kind of redid the first 20 or so episodes. Wow. And when I say redid, I'm saying like I, I kind of went in and got rid of a lot of pauses and a lot of just like dead air that we had put out there. And I did go back and fully kind of edit the first episode, which is still bad audio quality. I tried the best to amplify it. When I was listening to it, we were talking about other podcast episodes that we had reviewed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, of course, you never listen to because as fans, you, you never heard them because we never actually dropped those episodes on because we lost the audio. So those kind of references were taken out. You know, I changed a little introduction, just made a little intro for the first couple episodes. The same intro that just explains how much we sucked at the time. And, and yes, we still do. But um, <laughs> so I went and did that. And uh, so, yeah, if you if you want to, you can go back to listen to dial in for Nerder. And it's only like 30 minutes long and kind of edited down and put some uh couple sound effects in there put in the number one music in there uh that we usually do it's just kind of interesting re-listening to that very first episode how we haven't changed <laughs> like we still say the same bullshit yeah like, oh, i've said that again and I, I, I said that before you know uh we were even so close to we brought up nelson and martin but we didn't get to the point where we made our first like you know bit about how they're going to end up as a couple in the future. So I thought that was kind of funny. Like, well, we were almost there. Yeah. The early seeds of our podcast. But I thought the banter was fine. Uh, uh, I also took the text, or I took the audio from that and put it to an AI text generator that will listen to it and then put it down in script form. And I thought, I, I texted you, I was like, what if we just read <laughs> the same dialogue that we had, but with the better audio quality and just redo the first episode, but read it verbatim. So like- mm-hmm. When people click on the first episode, like, oh, yeah, the audio is not bad. I can listen to these guys. But then if we did it for that episode, then we have to do it for the next like 20 episodes. Right. Um, but we started calling ourselves the Annoyed Grunt Boys around episode 25, I think. Homer landed oh. when we started doing it. So, yeah, I think we haven't we haven't aged since 25. OK, so I mean, mature at 25. 25. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right for yep. us. And the reason I'm doing this, too, is because I know there's a few fans out there. I tweeted it that uh, we put up a YouTube page. So it's YouTube.com slash at 138 Simpsons. Easy to remember because all of our social media is 138 Simpsons. Mm -hmm. And at this time, we have like, what, eight or nine videos up there. And then slowly but surely converting all of the audio making a video format there's no video to it but 
from what I hear that people listen to podcasts on YouTube, that even if there's no video element, that uh, YouTube is still uh, a way. So this is another venue for us to put our podcast out there. Now it is YouTube and it's all about visual. Will Steve and I put a uh, a visual element to this podcast? Steve, you answer that for us. Um, not just yet, but we might in the future. We could have, uh, you know, when we do have a cocktail corner, we might make the cocktail for you. Or if we have find other things that will be uh, visually appealing, we can uh, tackle that when we get there. Yeah. If you guys have any ideas, please let us know at 138 Simpsons on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just let us know what, uh, you know, if there's any some visual elements like we used to do games, like maybe we could bring a, a visual game to it. Uh, a TikTok account is probably in the future, too, because I can imagine a cocktail corner would be yeah. a great uh, use of TikTok. So we're not going to be crow budging me like ah, social media and these newfangled apps. We're not here for that. We want to broaden our, our audience and uh, hopefully you guys can help us out too. let people know. And uh, yeah, hopefully YouTube, I think Cocktail Corner would be a great thing to do. I think so. And uh, Craig, I just want to say thank you for your uh, hard work on that. It's a, a really cool thing that you're doing. And uh, also I want to shout out Timothy and Andrea on Facebook for uh, sending their regards to our long lost pubert. <laughs> Look, I know he was a favorite, but uh, it had to be done. We had to murder him. Oh, shit. That's they, right. They don't know oh. that we murdered him, right? Shh. Okay. Just did the shoosh thing. I had to. Of course. Um, oh, and the YouTube, like I said, um, slowly but surely, I'm going to be putting up episodes, older episodes, but from here on out, all the new episodes like this one will be on YouTube. Yeah. And the funny thing is, YouTube is very strict on music rights. And of course, on this podcast, we always play the number one hit song uh, when the episode aired. So my initial round of putting up the, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast just as is i have to go in and get rid of those songs now there's a, a function on youtube i know this is probably boring talk for this is like inside baseball shop talk but youtube has a couple features like you could just remove the audio it says like just by clicking on a button like remove the audio because it'll have a copyright flag right mm-hmm. and like i can remove the audio with a button or replace it with some just standard music uh you know um uh, royalty free music that they have on youtube or i could physically edit myself I re- just put the option. I was just going to play because we don't play the whole song. Obviously, we just play a little clip of it and just put in random music. But then it would just take out the entire like intro section when we start playing the music and then all our banter before the episode starts. It would just get rid of that. I'm like, OK, I can't have that. <laughs> so even I've gone in and I said, well, I'm just going to put a MIDI file of that hit song for the YouTube. <laughs> so if you listen to the podcast on YouTube and you hear the number one song and it's a MIDI version of that song, it's because we don't want to. Uh, you know, to be flagged on YouTube and have it taken down. So on our regular yeah. feed, if you're listening to this on YouTube only, we do actually play the song or a kid's bop or a variation of the, the hit song. So that's right. Just letting you know, that's that's why <laughs> if you listen on YouTube and we're playing a MIDI file, there you go. Guys, remember MIDI's there. If you don't know, they're just like computerized versions of songs, but like just tones. Mm-hmm. It was a big thing back in the 90s. Like I had so many MIDI files. Oh, God. I remember when I first got my, uh, I don't know why, but one of the first uh, midis that I downloaded was a version of uh, Deep Purple Smoke on the Water. And uh, yeah, that was a special <laughs> thing. Oh, midis. Loved them. Uh, so, hey, speaking of uh, Deep Purple Smoke on the Water, I don't know how to segue into the Simpsons Beer Corner, Steve. That's well, job. you know, they when they were in the studio that burnt down, hence the name of that song, you know, one of the reasons that it probably burned down is because they were, uh, you know, drinking. Sure. Which brings us to our favorite segment, The Simpsons Beer Corner. Alrighty, Craig, what have you got for us? 
All right, Steve, I was thinking about uh, Hawaii, of course, thinking, oh, beer, you know, Hawaii, probably there's a fun coconut beer or tropical type beer or even brewery out of uh, uh, Hawaii, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe drive down to my local Hawaii store and pick up a beer. (laughs) But uh, it is related because it is called the uh, Black Raven Kitty Cat Blues Blueberry Pale. It was uh, brewed in Washington, Woodville, Washington. It's a vanilla bean, dried blueberries and hibiscus. How does this relate to Hawaii, Steve, you ask? I do ask. Well, blueberries can actually be grown in Hawaii. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, blueberries can be uh, grown in most climates and elevations of Hawaii. The low chill varieties produce an abundant amount of delicious berries throughout the year. The bushes can reach about three to six feet height, and uh, the flowers and berries on the terminal branch ends. Um, so, yes, blueberries can be grown in Hawaii. So that's why <laughs> I went the blueberry pale ale. Very nice. There's your connection. So let's give it a shake. I do get hints of a blueberry smell from this. Interesting. You know, it's funny. It's like blueberry is a fruit that I enjoy as as a whole. Like I love just eating handfuls of blueberries. Mm -hmm. Besides Hawaii growing great blueberries, Washington State and Oregon grow some of the best blueberries around. But I don't like blueberry flavored things. It's a very different experience for sure. Interesting. I get the pale ale. It's a nice pale ale. And I think the blueberry is a very light blueberry. Which I appreciate because I don't want it. I really don't want a beer to taste like blueberries. Yeah. But you get a nice, nice blueberry aftertaste. It's surprisingly heavy, but refreshing. I don't know if heavy is the right word, but I think I would enjoy this um, in a pub. Uh, maybe just just one. I don't know if I would do a, a second one. If I, you know, I'm like oh, coming around the uh, the servers, like, do you want another? And I'm like, mm, give me something else. Uh, yeah. I think it could work as a nice like dessert beer, like especially if maybe if you had a um, hmm, I'm trying to think what I would pair this with. Well, not a pair. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Blueberry. I mean, I would do this as like as a dessert. Um, yeah. Maybe if I had a maybe like a little heavier of a meal. Not a pasta dish. Definitely not a pasta dish. Uh, you can see it pairing well with something cheesy, though. Maybe. Maybe after, oh, like a like a uh, artist anal uh, grilled cheese. There you, there go. you go. Yeah. Maybe with some nice, uh, yeah, some nice fancy ass cheese on that artist anal sandwich. Mm-hmm. Maybe throw a little bit of, like some nice, uh, nice cured ham on that. Oh yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good one. All right. Yeah. Uh, I give it a a three eye raven for a black raven. Kitty Cat Blues. Alrighty. How about you, Stephen? Oh, uh, well, Craig, this episode is about Hawaii, or it does I take mean, place yeah. partly in Hawaii. It's not really about Hawaii, um, but also it involves some some domestic violence from Pono Brewing, which is a Hawaiian-inspired brewery out of Portland, Oregon. They're relatively new. I got Aloha Mr. Hand. Jeez. <laughs> uh, it's a, a German-style Pilsner from a Hawaiian-inspired brewery. Out of Portland, Oregon. So it's going all over the world. Aloha, Mr. Hand is uh, inspired by the coming-of-age classic movie, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Coming. And it's an easy-drinking German-style pilsner made with a special blend of hops called Aloha. With uh, floral, citrus, and sweet fruit notes, it's a perfect blend of new flavor met with a traditional style. Uh, Comes in at a mere uh, 5% alcohol. And it's a uh, 32 IBU, so pretty low on the on the scale there. Um, the can has a blue background with some nice uh, flowers and uh, red text, very uh, vibrant, but not super kid friendly. It's a pilsner, so I'm not. <laughs> I forgot super... to say, my uh, my beer was. Uh, I don't think it's kid friendly. It's it's black with blue and has a picture of a raven on it. Okay, yeah, that doesn't. Oh, and uh, I, I found out the IBUs are 35 and alcohol is 5.5. So okay, so we're kind of in Basic. the yeah. In the beer hand holding club. Yep. Mm. Huh. Hmm. I do like a German style pilsner. Yeah. This sounds uh 
Sounds like you're not enjoying this. It's not bad. It's crisp. It's refreshing. <sighs> There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not incredibly remarkable. So it's just I would a Pilsner. Say, yeah, it's a Pilsner. It's it's fine. You know, you're going to a barbecue. You want to knock down several beers with your burger. This and would bros. Be a good one. And bros. That would be good. It's it's good. It's it's a solid Pilsner. Uh, nothing to uh, write too much home about, but it's still solid. Like there's nothing I, unique about it. Like you're saying, like oh, it's a German inspired, German inspired with uh, Hawaii influence. Right. Like, so you would you think maybe notes of pineapple or sure. leprosy, maybe even leprosy or blueberry, because evidently blueberries are there. <laughs> they can grow there. Yeah, I mean, I'll drink it. It's got. Uh, I do like. Um, on the back end, there's kind of like some yeastiness to it, and like I say, it's good. It's just not my favorite, but it's 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 solid for what it is, and uh, uh, I'd say it's for me a solid like B minus beer. Yeah. All right. So, but you could like pound a couple down. Right? Oh yeah, you could. Yeah. Crush a couple, as they say. Yeah, you could crush a couple. It'd be the kind of thing where you drink like five or six of them, and you're like, oh wow, I'm a little drunk now. <laughs> Can we save that clip from Steve saying, oh wow, I'm a little drunk now? <laughs> I don't know that you need a clip to do that. You can just ask <laughs> yeah. me. It's like, oh, it's Tuesday morning. Oh, I'm a little drunk now. <laughs> your bartender called me up today. He's wondering where you're at. I said, I thought you went to the gym every morning before work. And then yeah. I just hung up on him. Yeah, I'm like, hey, Dad, give me some beer. My dad's name was Jim. Anywho, that'll do it for the beer corner. We are sober men and true and attentive to our duty. So now that we're sober, let's go back in time, all the way back to the year 2000, January 9th to be exact. What was the number one movie in the box office? Number one movie was Stuart Little's Dick. Oh. Wait, that's the wrong uh, box office. Um, it was just Stuart Little. <laughs> ah, yeah. different movie altogether. Stuart Little, uh, that's the movie about uh, Michael J. Fox teaching uh, Patton Oswalt how to cook food as rats. Yeah, that tracks. Oh, that's Ratatouille. I haven't seen Ratatouille yet. <laughs> you haven't seen Ratatouille? <laughs> You're saying that like I haven't seen The Wire. Which, of course, I haven't seen The Wire either. Right. Oh, those two go together, The Wire and Ratatouille. Like, you haven't seen both yeah. of them. Yeah. No, I never watched Ratatouille. Uh, I just don't like the idea of rats cooking my food. Fair enough. I get it. But Especially those uh, informants, those rats that cook in my food. Those dirty rats. Um, no. Yeah, no. Ratatouille is a solid movie. Uh, Stuart Little, I have never seen. I, I remember reading the book when I was a child. I think I read it too, yeah. Yeah. Um, isn't... Uh, Jonathan Lipnicki and Stuart Little. He is, yeah. He's all like, "Show me the money." Mm -hmm, and I'm you the littlest me. vampire. <laughs> you had me at hello. Mm -hmm. What's the thing that he said in uh, Jerry Maguire that uh, about like the brain or something like dead? I've, I again, oh. I've never seen. I've never seen uh, that movie, Jerry Maguire. But I know like the five famous yeah uh, catchphrases from that movie. I have also never seen that movie, but uh, I know what you're talking about too. We have not seen a lot of movies. It's true. We've seen uh, most of our life is about pop culture. It's and it's watching astounding TV how. and yeah, yeah, like it's. I mean, at the time, like Stuart Litter came out, what it was two thousand. We're watching, you know, indie films. You know, we're watching. Uh, yeah, we we are because like I'm probably going back watching all like the Coen Brothers like early works and mm -hmm. you know we're watching we're knee deep into uh, Tarantino fans at the time and Danny Boyle films you know like mm -hmm. but we're, we're of course we're not going to watch Stuart Little but I and I haven't watched it and I don't plan on to no me neither yeah fuck you Michael J Fox <laughs> and and you too Jonathan Lipnicki. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Parkinson's can kiss my ass. That's all you have to say. Yeah. Well, I'll make a stand. I like you, Michael J. Fox, but I hate your Parkinson's. I'm going to agree with that. Um, and Jonathan Lipnicki, uh, you're welcome to come on this podcast anytime. 
Yeah, open invitation. You open. What's he up to these days? Let's check his old IMDb. That's his IMDb. Um, I, I feel like he like went to the route of like he got out of acting, but then maybe got a job as a uh, like some of the kid actors, like the kid from Goonies, like became like an entertainment lawyer or something like that. He's probably he's probably doing good with his life. Like maybe he's like building houses with like uh, Jimmy Carter or some shit like that. I would like to say that, but I think he's actually turned uh, he's continuing to act. Good for him. Um, yeah, he's in. Oh, he's no. Got... Is, he, is he doing Ben Shapiro produced <laughs> movies now? No, he may have done a Hallmark Christmas movie. Okay. Uh, one called uh, Second Chance for Christmas featuring Terry Reid and Mark McGrath. Uh, he's, he's done a lot of, let's say, independent uh, films. Like how we were into indie films in the, in the 90s, right? Exactly. He was trying to, he's trying to appeal to us now. He's like, I may have not got that demo when I was, you know, seven, but now I can star in the horror mill film Broil about a dysfunctional family vying to control the future of their wealth, and I can star as that as Sydney the Chef Lawson, and maybe I... that'll get the annoyed Grunt boys excited. Uh, all right, well, enough about Stuart's little dick. Steve, <laughs> what was the uh, number one song on the hot Billboard 100? Uh, uh, well, Craig, it... it it's this time, you know, 1999, uh, 2000. There's only one song on the radio, and they just play it from morning, noon, and night. It's much like, much like Stuart Little's dick, "Smooth" by Rob Thomas and Santana. Uh, before I hit play, I'm gonna make my job easier on editing. Remember we talked about uh, I'm putting things on YouTube. I'm using the MIDI file. Uh huh. Yeah, we're just gonna listen to the MIDI version for both YouTube and for podcast. Here's the MIDI version. <laughs> give me your heart make it real or else forget about it see hopefully we we can play you singing <laughs> i mean you probably shouldn't because i have a horrible <laughs> voice but and the listeners are gone but that was before uh, that was before you start singing yeah <laughs> that was a lot of fun though uh, i kind of like the uh, mini version kind of kicks it really like, got slapped the song and yeah. It, yeah, it does slap. I would say as the kids Even say. Even the the drums. Yeah, I like okay. the little uh, the little uh, percussion. Is yeah, it's very yeah. nice. Let's bring middies back into the uh, pop culture. Well done, Mister Midi. Yeah. Um, so all fun. right. So uh, <laughs> today we're talking about Little Big Mom. Is that our is that our segue? I was like, all right. <laughs> all right. Let's just get on with this week's episode, right? Yeah, I'm excited to uh, delve into this episode. So no, I'm not. Well, we're gonna have to, Craig. We don't have a choice. The wheel of random forced us. True, true. Uh, a little big mom. The tenth season of, the, or the tenth episode of the eleventh season, in which I was say, uh, we can't watch ten season ten. That would be bad. That would be bad. We might die. <laughs> Um, after suffering an accident at a local ski lodge, Marge relinquishes control of the household to the next most responsible member of the family, Lisa. Let's enjoy our beers and uh, watch this episode, and we'll come back, and we will talk about it. Well, we'll be right back. And we're back. Today we're talking about Little Big Mom, the 10th episode of the 11th season. It originally aired on January 9th, 2000. 
It is episode 236 in the show's run. Your nerd code is BABFO4. It was written by Carolyn Omine, directed by Mark Kirkland, and your showrunner is Mike Scully. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Steve. What? How many times have we reviewed an episode written by Caroline? I mean... At least four or five times. Five, six. Yeah, sure. One of those numbers. Sure. And, uh... Steve, I'm going to have Caroline herself introduce this episode real quick. Okay. So you can see where I, I gave you a little boner. I mean, a blunder. Hello, and welcome to episode BABFO4, Little Big Mom, which originally aired January 9th, 1999. I'm Carolyn Omine. Did you hear that, Steve? Omine? I was calling her Crandall. You get it? Because it's a Simpsons joke that you did. But yeah, Steve. I'm Carolyn Omine. Omine. We've been saying her name wrong this entire time. Man, I feel like a heel. Uh, All the way back to her very first episode, Highland for Nerder. Yeah. Omine. Uh, Genuine apologies to Caroline Omine. Uh, Didn't know, and I apologize. Well, I mean, I guess I should apologize, too, because I've been saying her name wrong as well. I I figured, though, that you're the smart one on this podcast that you should have (laughs) known. If you're looking at me to be the brains, then we're in trouble. You're the pinky and the brains of this podcast. Oh, boy. But you know what? I think we're even. With Caroline, because did you hear she too had a blunder? Mm-hmm. Listen, listen closely. Which originally aired January 9th, 1999. She said this episode aired in 1999. It was 2000. I mean, that's at least what Steve said. I mean, I don't know who to believe now. It's tricky, but judging by Wikipedia, Simpsons Wiki, and Simpsons fandom, they all say that not only did this air January 9th, 2000, but it's the first episode of the new millennium and the new decade 2000 and it was caroline's very first episode that she penned good for you caroline omine she put pen to paper you know we're throwing around blames you know with caroline and and yourself and myself but really Mm -hmm. you know who's to fault here who's that the fans yeah that's right you should have corrected us guys come on it really falls to you listeners yeah you're the reason this podcast is terrible (laughs) yeah it's all your fault not ours We try our best and we put out quality products, quality products. (laughs) And yeah, it's it's your fault for not making it better. We're the leprosy of podcasts, if you will. There we go. Is this how we get more listeners by blaming them? Yep. Okay. Nothing is our fault, Steve. We're infallible, just like uh, that guy Jeebus. Jeebus, yes. And, you know, all of our celebrities that we worship. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like your uh, Chris (laughs) D'Elia's. Sure. Your Your, Louis uh, C.K.'s. You know, Rick and Morty is a good show. Yeah. Uh, what's that guy's name? That's Justin really Rowland. Yeah. Justin Rowland's. Yeah. Uh, Who would have thought that Dan Harmon would be the less worst one? <laughs> <sighs> anyway, just to let you uh, uh, people know out there, Steve and I are very nice and we don't say mean things. So you can. That's right. Us. Yeah. And we don't text you late at night saying horrible things. Well, I mean, Steve and I do to each other, but we won't to you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <sighs> Uh, speaking of horrible things, uh, this is the first episode in The Simpsons Run to be rated TV-14 instead of its usual TV-PG. Wow. It's a little raunchy. So this was the, like you said, this was the first episode of the new millennium. Mm-hmm. And they're like, fuck it, we're going to go dirty <laughs> all the way to TV-14. Do you want to know why I uh, brought up the Caroline pronunciation real quick? Why is that? Because I did actual... Uh, went above and beyond this podcast for this episode. I went to the archives known as the DVD. Whoa. And I popped it in old school style and watched it. And then it's like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the audio commentary. And I'm glad I did. There's a few things I learned and I'll bring mm-hmm. them up. And uh, 
I think that was just it. Well, I'm excited for any other insight that you may have. Yeah. uh, The only people on the audio commentary for that, for this episode was Caroline, Mark uh, Kirkland, the director and uh, Mike Scully. So Hmm, interesting. So it begins like it always does, Steve. We have a chalkboard gag and good old Bart writes on, I will not create art from dung. So I guess what happened is during class, he took a shit on like a canvas Uh and then mushed it around with maybe his face or his hands, (laughs) (laughs) his tongue, maybe. Maybe he shit and then just shoved Millhouse's face into the shit. Oh, God. And then he's like, voila, here you go, teach. Mrs. Krabappel's very upset because of his dookie. Um, sure. But uh, I think this might be a reference to something else, Steve. Do you remember anything about uh, someone using their own feces as art? <laughs> Aside from the band Kiss? Oh, it's because their entire catalog is shit? Yeah. Um, oh, I get it. And I know we talked about them last week. So, no, this was inspired by the sensation art. Uh, at the Brooklyn Museum of Art, which I've been to. Uh, the tour included, among other things, Chris Oldfield's painting, The Holy Virgin Mary, featuring the said Virgin Mary decorated with elephant dung. Oh, and, so it wasn't and, his own feces. Okay. Right. And elephant was, dung, you know, relative to other animals' dung, is pretty clean. I mean, I just you eat know? giraffes and, and some grass, and that's about it, right? That's what the cartoons tell me. <laughs> But rather than ignore it as bad art, a Catholic group protested the exhibition, and even America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, tried to uh, cut public funding for the museum in retaliation, but the courts reinstated the funding in the name of the First Amendment, and the show ended up being a big success. Yeah, it's like the only thing I disagreed on uh, Rudy Giuliani doing. That's right. You know, art is art, guys. Yeah, and uh, if you don't like it, just uh, let it exist. Yeah, eat a bag of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this in the news. Like, this was a big deal. It was a big deal, yeah. And just, I think I probably just remember, like, them talking about it on Howard Stern. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, art is art, you know. But that's our, our podcast. We judge art. But, yeah. po- but poorly. We don't really judge the show. Right. We just say, I like this a lot, or I don't like this part. And that's pretty much our podcast. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing that you just watched. We liked it. Did you? <laughs> now let's uh, go step by step, in depth uh, recap of a 22 minute TV show cartoon, but we'll do it for like, 90 minutes. Yeah. Got to get our dick and <laughs> fart jokes in. That's right. I like it when the mouse kills the cat. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hey, Steve, is there a couch gag? There sure is. And in it, a crash test dummy, not Mm -hmm. a low voice Canadian singer. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) A crash test dummy, a version of the family sits on the couch. The couch slides forward and slams into the TV, simulating a car crash test, then pulls back into place. Homer's head uh, falls off from the trauma. Remember that weird time in the late 80s, maybe early 90s? Yeah. There was a crash test dummies, not the band, but like a cartoon. And like, I even had like a plushie of the crash test dummy cartoon. <laughs> I Yeah, I do remember this. I don't remember if I ever had them, but there was a line of action figures, too, that would intentionally fall to pieces. Like you'd get an action figure and it would come with like a taxi cab or whatever. <laughs> and you'd slam it into the wall and the characters would like fall into like their arms and legs would fall off. What are we teaching kids? We're just saying this is fun. Get into accidents and die. I think it was a weird backwater way of saying like buckle up kids. But yeah, in the most right. obtuse way possible. Now, I remember the toy, the plush I had. It wasn't like I wanted it. I remember it was I wanted, or you know how like when you go to like an arcade and you got the tickets and you go in for the to the counter to get something. I was mm-hmm. like, well, I got this many tickets. And I guess I'll get that. Yeah. yeah. See <laughs> that for mustache comb and fake mustache. Hey, I remember back in the eighties at the uh, we were at the, the good old uh, Atlantic Boardwalk. You know, mm-hmm. on the coast this is what we did when we were kids. Sure. Uh, Atlantic City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay, stay at Trump Plaza. 
Trump Tower, whatever it was. Uh, no, um, but the arcade, I, this was the greatest thing ever. I Again, I don't remember how old it was. You know, it was probably like seven or eight. And I got, this is a good prize. I got a fucking Star Wars action figure. Whoa. Now, granted, they didn't have much to choose from. So I got like an Imperial officer. Sure. But still, F for a kid, you know, like pretty rad. Yeah. Instead of getting like stupid, like uh, like candy or uh, like the slap type of sticky. The sticky hands. Like sticky get, hands. Get covered in or, hair. Or a, a, a toy parachute. No, I got a damn Star Wars doll or action That's figure. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I still have it today. Still in its package and everything? No, I was a kid then. I actually opened and played with it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, I'm a caricature of a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a new action figure. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Steve, let's begin the episode. And it begins, as every episode of The Simpsons does, with an itchy and scratchy cartoon. Let me guess that's Yay. not far off. Many episodes do start that way. It's true. Animated short card, Tears of a Clone. <laughs> It starts off at the funeral of Scratchy. Oh, he's dead, Steve. Finally. <sighs> he sits in his coffin, is paled by various weapons. And hey, look, it's Poochie, everyone's favorite rapping dog. Yeah. Yeah, he's paying his respects. Does the uh, good old finger gun. And they must have hired Homer because you could hear a little Homer voice in there. Poochie. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, good old uh, Itchy follows. And uh, he feels that, of course, that's Scratchy. He's, he was taken away too early true itchy then goes on a bender looking through old photo albums that feature the past adventures of the cat and mouse which are actually shots from previous episodes of itchy and scratchy uh, he then picks up the latest issue of toon times newspaper to see that the scientists have cloned sheep which gives itchy an idea the sheep known as dolly yeah so he goes through his closet full of weapons right and he finds a clever with Scratchy's blood on it. So then he places that blood into the cloning machine. That's how it works, right? Exactly. <laughs> I love Itchy and Scratchy for like, <laughs> like even when he has the idea, the light bulb shows up and we all know that's a symbol for an idea. But the mm -hmm. fact that it also has written idea in yeah. the, the light bulb just <laughs> how to dumb dumb everything down. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, so so yeah, he puts uh, in the blood and clay machine and there's a new Scratchy, which then he just shoots him in the head with a gun, like a pistol. And then another clone rolls off the belt there and he shoots that with the machine gun. Next, we get a chainsaw, then a mace right to the face, uh, followed by a uh, sword. And then, of course, the good old classic cartoon death you can't have without this thing, Steve. And I'm rambling on. It's an anvil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the clones are forming faster than uh, Ichi can kill them. He's got a big predicament on his hands. So he has another idea. Or is this when the light bulb comes? This on? is when the idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he gets to work uh, sawing and welding a killing machine. So as the scratchy <laughs> clones roll out, they, the cloning machine goes right into the killing machine, which, of course, grinds the cat into millions of pieces and blood splatters on the wall, spelling out the end. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Is that it? That's it. Uh, that's it. I'm it for the show. Oh, yeah. We're done. No, um, I always enjoy an itchy and scratchy cartoon, and that one is one of my faves, I think. This is a very much a top tier uh, cartoon episode of the yeah. Cat Mouse. Exactly. I, a little aside, I feel like I've seen on, say, TikTok or whatever, this whole thing that uh, people younger than us, like Gen Z's, who are familiar with Tom and Jerry, feel that the whole thing was a meta commentary that Tom and Jerry were in it together, and that they're secretly friends, and that them chasing one another was just performative. What the fuck are these people talking about? I have no idea. Thank you for saying that, because I know there's probably like one or two episodes where like they do team up. 
but the whole point of them is it's cat versus mouse. Yeah, and it is a parody of Tom and Jerry, but also like showcasing the most violent thing ever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, Homer, Bart, and Lisa all laugh wildly at the cartoon while Marge sneaks down the stairs holding a large box. Bart mentions the uh, moral implications of cloning, while Homer remarks that he likes the ones where the mouse kills the cat. I like that joke a lot. Uh, Bart struggles. Like, it's funny because it's almost like Bart is wanting a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and Homer's just the dumb one. Yeah. Homer's us. Homer is us. Um, Marge struggles to open the front door, and without taking her eyes off the screen, Lisa asks her mom what's in the box. Okay, Brad Pitt. That's right. Uh, so when asked, you know, why she's uh, nervous, Marge blames the, you know, economical insecurity before heading outside. <laughs> she then hammers a wedge under the door, leaving the rest of the family inside. So then they see that Marge is donating items from the attic to the Goodwill. Does the Goodwill just come and take your stuff away in the truck? Like, I don't have to go there anymore? Maybe back in the 2000s, they did. <sighs> It'd be so nice if people just came in and took my donated stuff so I don't have to do it myself. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't sit in the back of your car forever. <laughs> right. I think I I did have that at one point. I had like a bunch of clothes that I was going to go sell or mm-hmm. donate, and they just stayed in the back of my trunk. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common occurrence at our household, uh, too. Okay. <laughs> um, so Homer's in dire need to get his junk back, so he tries to squeeze through the doggy door, which, again, it's funny because she didn't block the outside door, did she? No, she. they could just go around to the back door. And the kids are small enough they could get through the doggy door to open With it. These, she did. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Homer being all Winnie the Pooh there. <laughs> anyway, so Bart and Lisa, they so instead, of, of course, they're helping the uh, Homer by pushing his fat ass until he's able to break a large hole through the door. So now they got to replace that door. Exactly. Cost them money. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking out for them financially. That's all. Yeah, you're worried. So it's sweet of you. Thanks. Um, as the family nears the truck, Marge urges the Goodwill driver to speed off, and he does so. But Homer runs and hops on the back of the truck, retrieving the discarded stuff. He then rolls down the street in a great piece of animation, keeping the box of junk intact. So he's rolling, but the box is staying static because he, it's just bouncing off of him. Um, and then once at home, the family goes through the prized possessions that they nearly lost. Ooh, that was scary. We came this close to losing our spare Christmas tree stand. You monster. Look, there's a box for my pitch back. If I still had it, I could put it in here. Mm, I'll never get rid of this useless junk. Useless? This flash cube has two flashes left. You guys never use any of this stuff. Look at these. You bought them after the Nagano Olympics and never skied once. If you would just stop being so impulsive, maybe... Hey, let's go skiing right now. Yeah, yeah let's go. No. And we're off to the races. Of the skiing races. Uh, I remember the Nagano Olympics. Yeah, they were fun. Steve, do you still have a pitchback? I think this episode taught me what a pitchback was. For those who don't know, it's uh, just a netting where you throw a ball or hit a ball into it, right? Mm-hmm. For baseball, is that what a pitchback is? I assumed. I also assumed that you would know because you were more of a sporter than I was. But yeah, I assume it's just that net that bounces the ball back to yeah. the pitcher. Sure. I never um, had a pitchback because I just had the box, but not the pitchback. Of course. All right. Well, see, we're going to the mountains. Oh, boy. The majestic mountains. The uh, snowy hills of Mount Embolism. So the Simpsons arrive for the day of skiing fun, all waiting for a chairlift. 
Bart tells Homer that he sees the drummer for bread, which, as we know, is uh, Mike Botts. Of course. Uh, Cause you know, Homer would be distracted as the lift comes. I just think that joke is funny. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you look, the drummer for bread. <laughs> like, ooh. Did, did Brett, I know Brett had a drummer, but I don't remember, like, when his drum beat just be like, right. Like, or just, bread is a very, uh, very, the, the definition of soft rock. Right. No, is it, it's not even yacht rock, right? No, I think it's pre yacht rock, mellow to say the least. You know, <laughs> We're probably making fun of it, but uh, probably uh, listener Timothy has a uh, a bread patch on one of his uh, vests, right? <laughs> we know you do, Timothy. It's fine. Yeah. Punk rocker Timothy loves <laughs> bread. I hope he got a chuckle out of that. Yeah. Next to his agnostic front patch, probably. Well, he's got <sighs> the uh, he's got the uh, cool uh, uh, Metris tag patch. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Homer falls to the ground and is lifted up uh, by the next chairlift. He's then uh, blasted with snow. And then, of course, it's Simpson, so it's followed by flames. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Marge, Bart, and Lisa rise higher and higher on their own lift. Uh, Marge grows increasingly more nervous, so Bart offers some gentle rocking, which only scares Marge more. They elevate above the clouds, finally reaching their snowy destination. Lisa compliments her mother for facing her fears, but Marge goes back down the lift, shouting, I'm sorry! Hey, Steve, uh, where is Maggie? Where was Maggie? Well, since, you know, I did watch the DVDs, it had a couple deleted scenes. Oh. And in one of the deleted scenes, while they're on the lift there, Bart Lisa goes, uh, hey, look, there's Maggie. And Maggie's just like in a, a bobsled or like a toboggan, and she's just going down the bobsled. No, oh, that's track. fun. Eh, I can see why it was cut because it wasn't that funny. Oh, but it's cute. I like that. But now you guys know, you're all wondering, where's Maggie? Where's Maggie? There she is. Let's Drinking get... a frosted cold milkshake. <laughs> Let's go back to Homer's story, okay? Already. Homer examines a sign pondering which uh, course to take. So he feels that the uh, Widowmaker, you know, it's for ladies, right? Because the word Widowmaker. And then the Spinebuster just sounds kind of boring. And he contemplates the enticing Colostomizer. Uh, but he's met by another uh, skier. A very stupid, sexy skier, Steve. Mm. Wearing a very iconic suit that all you nerds out there love. And you came for this one clip for mm-hmm. this podcast. So we're going to play it now while Steve and I uh, write our obituaries. That's right. Ooh, Colostomizer! Don't hurt me! Here's my wallet! Hi, <laughs> diddly ho, shuss in boots! <gasps> Flanders? That suit's a little revealing, isn't it? Well, it allows for maximum mobility. Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all! <laughs> Quit it! Must wash eyes! Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, don't panic. Remember what the instructor said. If you ever get into trouble, all you need to do is... Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid sexy Flanders. I just love that uh, a person skiing right up to Homer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first thing he does is, ah, don't hurt me, here's my wallet. Like <laughs> Thinking that he's going to be attacked for some reason. Yeah, all those infamous ski muggings that you hear about. <laughs> uh, Here's my wallet. I love it. Okay. Well, let's talk about the obvious, right? Yeah. Uh, this is like probably the most iconic, I want to say, probably the most iconic scene that we've been at, had a chance to review since we've done the show. And well, uh, if you want to say it, say it, Steve. Here's my wallet. That's the, that's the scene that everyone <laughs> talks about, right? Yeah. Wallet no, just, inspector. Uh, just the uh, whole uh, stupid sexy Flanders. You see it uh, during Halloween time. Mm-hmm. Every uh, fit person out there will 
Put on that suit. Yeah, and then get a big Ned head and you got yourself a costume. <laughs> and Steve will get a big Steve head from looking at those costumes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Steve, uh, I didn't know it was, this is from that episode. So, hey. Yeah. That's Annoyed Grump Boys who only do 11 and beyond. We got something that all the fans like. There we go. From an episode, I, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, And, you know, this is actually, as a lot of things probably are, a cultural reference from a 1970s ad for Underalls. Which was a line of products which featured basically their pantyhose, but they also have a pair of panties sewn into them to hide like your pantyhose lines, I guess. So I wanted to find the commercial that had it. And because basically a woman says, feels like I'm not wearing nothing. Oh, I love my underalls because they make me look like I'm not wearing nothing. Double negative aside, I had to watch like three or four commercials. And the commercials are very weird because they're just a cameraman zooming in on women's butts. Yeah, you had to watch the Steve like three commercials. Yeah. And pause like 90 them and minutes. rewind. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's a very uh it's a very horny commercial. Right? <laughs> like it's like, oh, okay. Nice nice rears there, ladies. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep, can't see the line, can you, Russ? Oh, was that what maybe that was also referenced to? Oh yeah. Uh, Christmas vacation. I swear I could see the panty lines when I was watching the commercial, Steve. And I looked really hard. Of course you did. <laughs> we don't have the uh, those sexy commercials now. All we get ads now is for uh, companies to tell us to shave our pubes. Men, buy this razor, shave your balls. Women, buy this razor to shave your pubic hair. Like, like uh, the, the, the commercial industry is anti-pubes. Yeah, I know. Let people have their pubes, please. Steve, are we going to take a stance and we're going to have a political statement here that's saying that uh, the annoyed grump boys say, keep your pubes. That's right. We're not a political podcast, but definitely keep your pubes. We're pro pube on this podcast, unless uh, advertised uh, money comes our way to say uh, to say not to. Then manscape your nuts to shit. Yeah, <laughs> just go to town on your ball sack or your pubic area. Fuck, even your brown eye could use a shave or two. Mm-hmm. Just stick a raw razor blade up your asshole. Turn that rusty sheriff's badge into a, a shiny star of Bethlehem. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard the phrase. Rusty sheriff's badge, but for the butthole, yeah, that's well, that's that's a new one for me. I get it. There you go. But, yeah. Well, I'll leave this episode learning something new. <laughs> uh, we go from stupid, sexy Flanders to uh, rusty sheriff's badge. So that's how we do on this podcast. For the first time listening, it's this is what we do every week. Yep. So I've learned Carolyn Omina. Yeah. And rusty sheriff's badge means right. asshole. And you learned about uh, panty lines. Wow. Yeah. It's a wealth of knowledge from this podcast. <laughs> Let's get back to it, Steve. Alrighty. Uh, Homer skis down the mountain with his legs spread wide apart. Steve, I, I think I know what's coming here. Mm-hmm. He complains that this is the worst pain he's ever felt, but then is repeatedly hit in the groin by snow mounds. So he screams in pain, creening down an ice slide and landing uh, with an ungraceful dismount into the powder. He then just like gets up and happily requests another single ride onto the chairlift. <laughs> Do you have to get a ticket? Every time to ride the chairlift? I thought you just, like, get on. I think you just get on. I've only done snow sports once in my life, and uh, I, feel, I don't to, think I had to get... You're more into water sports, right? That's right. <laughs> just like the great 45th president of these United States. Indeed. Yeah, I, too, have only skied once in my life. It was, uh, I think I was in sixth grade, and they would do, like, buses, school-chartered buses on the weekends, so you would get to the school and all the students would go up and then uh yeah. I, I learned how to uh was it pizza and then 
the skiing like terms like you had a pizza and then french fry french fry pizza french fry yeah <laughs> and then uh well it's, it's also, the, also the time too when snowboarding was starting to become cool mm-hmm. but it was like i better learn skiing before i start to snowboard and uh i just went down like like what the bunny hill or whatever they would call it like the little mm-hmm. baby one mm-hmm. and you know i'd fall, fall over and I, I remember the first time i just french fried the whole way <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm going too fast. What do I do? And then I finally <laughs> just like crashed. Like, yeah, hey, that worked. You know, got wet, and it's like, yeah, I'm, this isn't for me. I was yeah. cold, miserable. Yeah, it's weird because you're cold, but you're also hot because yeah. you're wearing all that gear. Right. So you're like simultaneously sweaty, but also cold. It's really expensive too. Yep. And yeah, I just remember in high school there was a big trend to wear like in our neighborhood in the Pacific Northwest, uh, like either North Face or Columbia sportswear jackets. And you'd leave like your tickets on your zipper to show how often you go Uh, snowboarding. I remember that. Yeah. As like a status symbol. I think at sixth grade, I probably left my tag on on the jacket I wore. I guarantee you I did. And I probably like on the bus right back was writing Stussy S's Uh and and Wu-Tang W's everywhere. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Anything to think we're cool, right? Right. And we've talked about before, like elementary school as a child is probably the best time because clicks may be a thing now, but like when we were kids, they weren't a thing. So you could be friends with everybody. And yeah, yeah there'd be the weird kids and, you know, there'd be some cooler kids. But really in elementary school, you're kind of like, yeah, like, you know, we all kind of got along. Was, there was like the one bully. But once you get to middle school, that's like, well, I better be a jock or a preppy or a nerd or a televangelist, whatever you do when you're yeah. in sixth grade. Yeah, you have to like define yourself and then fi- find that click. And then high school comes around and you're still part of that click. It's not until you're like, your senior year, you realize like, wow, this is all bullshit. I just want to get out of here and not yeah. deal with this crap. And then 20 years later, you decide to do a podcast about The Simpsons. Yep. And none of your clicks ever mattered. <laughs> Except for the clicks for the likes on this podcast. That's the only thing that matters. That's right. Us, right. Like and subscribe. But uh, skiing, uh, not our thing. No. I would go up to the mountain, but like just to look at it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like go to go to Timberline Lodge, maybe like get a room for a night and just like mm-hmm. hang out and drink. Yeah, I've like, done that. Like, That's fun. Like what like Marge does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've done that too. I've just gone and it's 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 enjoyable. I mean, maybe I would go like on an inner tube. Yeah. Or like a, a sled or something. Yeah. But nothing where I like, you know, I gotta strap on some skis or a board. Uh I'm just afraid a Yeti will attack me or I'll go out the way Sonny Bono did. <laughs> <laughs> a disgraced Republican senator. That's right. Was he a senator? Uh, was he a congressman? I think he was a congressman. And was he Republican? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Poor Sonny Bono. Gone, but not forgotten. Um, anyway, speaking of uh, people related to Cher, uh, Lisa. <laughs> How's she related to with Cher? Well. Has, has Cher ever done a voice on The Simpsons? I don't think so. Surprising. I could definitely see her on the show, though. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, we haven't pitched an episode in a long time. Yeah. Let's pitch the share episode. I think it's going to be, uh, I know the obvious is like, well, music, Lisa, but I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Marge. Like, yeah. Uh, maybe she likes Marge's style and Marge becomes Cher's new stylist. Oh, I like that. Like personal style or like, you know, does Cher even perform anymore? I believe that she does, but only like, in <laughs> oh, limited. you believe Steve? I believe in life after love. <laughs> I got you, babe. <laughs> Just so you know, she has been referenced four times mm. on the show, but all the way back to Sideshow Bob Roberts, but never actually been in the show. So, Well, Steve, if I could turn back time, I would try to get her on the show. <laughs> yeah, she could be among those gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Steve, for Halloween this year, I'm going to dress a share from the If I Could Turn Back Time music video. 
<laughs> you should, yeah. Look it up, Steve, big, if you don't remember. Writing that big cannon <laughs> while that semen is around to you. <laughs> Stop getting me share horny on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so I'll get you a different kind of horny. Uh, Lisa. <laughs> no. The, Lisa ventures off on her own, trying the cross-country trail. Unlike Milhouse's penis on prom night, Lisa what? finds the trail to be both hard and rewarding. What? I assume that... Cause That's they, some editorials there, guys. <laughs> we don't talk about that kind of stuff on the show. But, you know, I we know that canonically, I think, that Milhouse and Lisa went to prom together and that it was not the best of times, so... Well, she loses her virginity, right, to Milhouse? Well, I think they try stuff, but I don't know uh, if anything happens, so... I, oh, so I would, they, they did butt I, stuff. Probably, yeah. But I could see Milhouse's penis being not hard nor rewarding. Can we uh, cut, uh, what's your name, Steve, saying uh, I could see Milhouse's penis? That's going to be used. Okay. I could see Milhouse's hard penis. <laughs> uh, Lisa then witnesses a family of deer frolicking together, uh, making all of her efforts worth it. Joe. A deer. A female deer? Uh, the deer see her, but uh, she offers peace. The deer then growl at her. You know how deer do. They growl. <laughs> yeah. And they begin to charge at her. Uh, Lisa attempts to escape, but falls to the ground. As Lisa is about to be attacked, a ranger arrives in a snowmobile, telling Lisa to leave those deer alone. Lisa protests, saying that the deer were trying to eat her, but the ranger is skeptical, pointing out the animals innocently existing in an idyllic scene. Lisa then uh, rides away with the ranger to the lodge, the deer growling as Lisa rides away. Meanwhile, Bart tries out beginner snowboarding, and in the chalet, Marge enjoys some hot cocoa. Oh, the chalet, Steve. La-dee-da. What do you call it? Cocoa cabin. Whoa! Fat 540! I'm getting aggro on this kicker. Stop that pickle revert. Excellent. Your lingo is progressing nicely. Can I go to the bathroom? Uh, say it the snowboard. Um, I got a blast of dookie. Dugan! Snow Fox at five o'clock. Move it in, shove it out, disco lady. Is this seat taken? Uh, I think that's an armrest. So, do you party? You mean like uh, hats and noisemakers kind of party? Sure, baby, whatever your trip is. Disco Stu wants you to be comfortable while he does his thing. Who's Disco Stu? Hi, pumpkins. Kids, back away, not today. Disco lay there. Have you been in here all day? You missed all the fun. Skiing Fanny first into a crevasse isn't my idea of fun. The only risk I'm taking is running out of marshmallows. <laughs> you know, I'm watching this episode, and I have a, a, a theory that's probably, you know, not uh, plausible at all. You know, it's like how our theory that uh, someday Millhouse, or not Millhouse, but Martin and Nelson get together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure if you agree with me, we can continue this theory. But I bet there's a way to disprove it. I have a theory now that uh, Disco Stew is actually the alter ego of one Seymour Skinner. Oh, interesting. You know, I can kind of see it in his face. Mm. The nose is a little different. Yeah. You can put a little putty on there, though. Sure. Clearly, he's wearing a wig. Right. And so your assumption is that Skinner's a wiener, and he's not so lucky with the lady, so he created this alter ego to be smoother. Much like Carl Santana and Rob Thomas. Yes. Featuring the number one song from this episode. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. I, I, I could see this. I'm on board. The only thing that will... That will ever dispel this if is if we ever see 
Disco Stu interact with Seymour Skinner. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a time when you saw them together. I'm thinking maybe when we see De- the, the time Homer, they're having the, the yard sale, the neighborhood yard sale, mm-hmm. and Disco Stu gets the shoes, but maybe Skinner, Skinner's also there. But well, do we see them together in the scene? No, because I think Skinner gets the uh, tie, the, the spinning tie rack engine. Right. But I think it's a part, so he might have done a little quick switcheroo to yep. ensure that his uh, fakery was intact. And see, when, when Bart and Lisa come into the the Coco cabin that uh, he's not freaked out that Marge has kids. He's freaked out that Bart and Lisa might recognize. Uh, right. Skinner. And he just thinks quickly and says, Disco Stu doesn't mess with kids. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, adults can be confused by the uh, disguise, right? But kids, you can never lie to kids. They see past, uh, they see the truth. That's right. You know, as adults, we'll never know that we, we can never figure out that Clark Kent is Superman. But as kids, we knew. Wait, what? The reporter, the newspaper reporter for the Daily Planet, Clark Kent. Yeah, I love his articles. I read them every morning. Yeah. Uh, he's also uh, married to Lois. Did you know that? Lois huh. Lane. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's Superman. What? He is a Superman, but I don't think he's any sort of hero. Steve. He's so nebbish and mild. Go to your poster of Superman right now. Okay. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then draw frames around his eyes. Oh. And for and for fun, put a little Hitler mustache and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, little devil horns. Yeah. Oh wait, no, is Hitler Superman too? <laughs> Did talk about the Uber bench. Oh Jesus. Uh, yeah, it, it checks. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Two young Jewish writers from Cleveland, Ohio, write about a Nazi. <laughs> Anyways, uh, anyway. yeah, so um, so here we got a new thing on the podcast. We're going to say that Skinner is actually Disco Stu. Uh, prove us wrong, Internet. Yeah, Skinner <laughs> is Stu. Skinner Stu. Mm, Hashtag sounds Skinner wonderful. Stew. Yeah. <laughs> it's from uh, the recipes from Utica. You steam the soup, you see. Of course. Mm, steam soup. <laughs> Despite the fact that the soup is clearly boiled. <laughs> Uh, I hope Bill Oakley is not listening. He's going to steal that and put it into The Simpsons. Probably. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to steal my idea. Do it again. <laughs> I'm going to take it back. I'll put it in Disenchanted Season now four. Probably. Whatever season it's on now. <sighs> hey, Steve. Marge there's enjoying her hot cup of cocoa, right? Mm-hmm. The large uh, cuckoo cough falls on her leg, uh, squishing it to death. Her leg is <laughs> That's dead. right. Yeah. They have to amputate it, and uh, they do. And then uh, Homer's like, what are you going to do with that uh, leg? And then they're like, well, we're going to throw it away. And Homer's like, mm, can I eat it? And then they're like, sure. So then Homer just sits there and starts eating Marge's leg. Wow. Yeah. And then he even takes like the femur bone, right? And then just like, you know, uh, like saws it down to a toothpick so he can do the little toothpick with the teeth. Yeah. And then uh, realizing that he's got this like pointy, sharp end bone, he's like, you know what? This would be a great murder weapon. And I can't be to blame because it's Marge's DNA. So then he goes and he just like finds Mr. Burns and then he takes that bone and he shoves it like right into his heart, like impales him. And there's a funny joke with like, it didn't uh, work because, you know, Burns doesn't have a heart. It's like too tiny. So then he mm-hmm. just pulls that out and then just uh, stabs him through the eye socket and it kills him through the brain. Wow. The brain comes out and uh, Mr. Smithers starts crying. He's all sad. Mm-hmm. And like Homer's like, well, I got to hide. You know, I can't have witnesses. So then he takes the bone again, sho- you know, shoves it right into uh, Smithers' heart. That actually does kill him because Smithers has a normal heart. Sure. And then uh, unfortunately, Lenny and Carl saw that happen. Oh, boy. And so then uh, Homer, you think he's going to kill them? He's like, nah, let's go to Moe's. And then they go to Moe's and the episode ends. Sounds good. We take a break and uh, talk about how, <laughs> how we thought of this episode. <laughs> 
All right, we'll be right back. But in reality, the two, the, the, just the cuckoo clock lands on uh, Marge's leg. She's fine. Uh, but two muscular men rush in and see that another clock accident has occurred. And when the men investigate, there's the nail on the wall and it's pointing down, just like a little oh, no. tiny little nail. And then he just like turns it slightly upright and both of them really strain to pick up that uh, cuckoo clock. That's really heavy, <laughs> right? And they put it back on the wall and then the clock immediately begins to tilt. But then they just walk off. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, that's uh, This feels like classic Simpson humor right there. Yeah. Uh, and how many times, like, I think I've hung things with, with just like push pins. Like, yeah, it'll work. Just like yeah. a little push thumbtack mm-hmm. with like a frame photo. Yeah, it'll stay. But then like, be fine. someone like slams a door. There's just a slight, you know, breeze. It'll fall off. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at stuff on my wall. And uh, yeah, that's the case. Secure your art with a stud finder. Yeah, like me. Nah, don't do the joke, Steve. We're, we're okay. above that. Yeah, we are. Uh, so... Actually, Marge... we're below that, but yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Marge is loaded into an ambulance, and Homer tells the paramedics that he wants the best. That he wants Marge to receive the best uh, treatment that money can buy. The EMTs uh, then change their sign from Downtown General to Beth Israel. Homer tells them not to go nuts, and then they switch it to St. Mary's, but Homer wants something a little bit better. Finally, it's Springfield Presbyterian. As Marge rides off, Disco Stu can't believe she went home with those guys. You mean Skinner. That's right. Disco Skinner. So at the hospital, which is great because they show the exterior shot of the hospital, but instead of like Springfield General Hospital, which usually is, it has a sign that says Springfield yeah. uh, Presbyterian. And it's an ongoing joke, too, at the, at the episode. And that's one thing I learned in the audio commentary. They're talking about like they made that joke and they realized like, well, we got to keep it. <laughs> so they had to keep doing it, which it's funny like that they brought that attention to it because I think in normal Simpsons, they were just like disregard and use the same like animation cell that says Springfield yeah. General Hospital but they kept it which I think is good to have that joke and throughout yeah, the, so. the, the ongoing joke yeah um, so at the Springfield Presbyterian Hospital Dr. Hibbert displays an x-ray showing Marge's compound fracture uh, her leg must remain motionless or else a hunk of bone could just zoom right into her brain uh, see I, I, you know that's how my episode would have gone right yeah exactly I love bones and brains bones and brains uh, Marge is concerned that she'll fall behind on her daily responsibilities but the rest of the family reassures her that she has nothing to worry about why is that I don't know let's find out okay I can't be in the hospital. Tomorrow is laundry day, and I've got to de-meet Lisa's baloney. We'll be fine, honey. The main thing is for you to get better. And don't worry. All the laundry and dirty dishes will be there when you get back. No, they won't. We'll all pitch it on the housework. Right, guys? Guys? <laughs> get that! <laughs> Sweetie, it's nice that you want to take charge around the house, but don't be a hero. Just make sure your father eats all his meals over a tarp. But not the good tarp. I want you to get married on that someday. Oh, Mom. I've seen what you do around the house, and I can handle it. Maybe I can even make things more efficient. Oh, really? Well, knock yourself out. Just don't expect any miracles from those two. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. You, good Lord, you're wasting thousands of dollars worth of interferon. And you're interferon with our good time. <laughs> Well, I'll be. That cured my canker sores. I always like that line when Homer says, you're interfering with my fun. And uh, Steve, I need you to de-meet my baloney. Okay. I love how Bart, too, is like, uh, don't worry, Mom. Everything will be, or all the messes will be there for you to clean up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also uh, really like the dynamic of Marge and Lisa because Lisa is so confident that she can make things better. And Marge <laughs> is like, yeah, you're not going to be able to do this. <laughs> you're eight years old. Right. 
I we struggle know- to do with it, and I'm a grown woman. And uh, you can barely babysit your brother. You're the world's worst babysitter. You broke his arm. You got your sister addicted to caffeine. Mm-hmm. Even Dr. Hibbert hates you. Yeah, worst babysitter ever. <laughs> we'll never get to uh, watch that episode. I know, it's sad. But we get to watch this one. So, uh, in the kitchen of 742 Evergreen Terrace, uh, the following morning, Lisa prepared breakfast for her family. Homer walks in wearing only his underpants. Lisa asks uh, where the rest of his clothes are, and Homer is kind of unsure. Lisa asks if uh, Marge dresses Homer every day, and Homer assumes that, yeah, it's her, or maybe one of her friends. (laughs) It's funny to me. Like, Helen Lovejoy comes over to help Marge put on Homer's pants. So, she just, like, stand there, like, in a daze, like... He doesn't really know funny. what's going on. Yeah. It's like when you try, try and put a jacket on a dog. Yeah. He doesn't quite fight it, but he doesn't quite like it. And he's just, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, later, Lisa tries to divide up the chores equally. Okay. Now we're going to draw jobs from the chore hat. Come on, bikini inspector. Scrub toilet. Okay. That was the practice. 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 Okay. Here we go. Feed fish. I'll supervise. You know, the reason for the hat... Oh, it's a great hat. No one's questioning the hat. Will you at least do the dishes? Lisa, I'll do the dishes when I pick it out of the chore hat, and it's not a practice. See? There it is. But that was a practice. The system works. Come on, eat you lazy fish. Oh, you're going to be late. Here are your lunches, and no trading your fruit for firecrackers. Oh, but Lenny just got some bottle rockets. You stay away from Lenny. And where's your sweater, Bart? It unraveled on a nail. That's not true. He left it on the bus. You're dead, Squealer. Ah, Lisa, <laughs> Those boys of mine. I love uh, Lisa's uh, reading of those boys of mine. Yeah. Good job, Yardley. Yeah. And just the logic of, oh, we need to do the dishes, and we need <laughs> to feed the fish. So let's just put the dirty dishes <laughs> yeah. in a fish tank. That's fun, too. Also, they're a fish tank that they have, but sometimes they don't. Like, I've seen, how many times have we seen them? Maybe like three times now? Yeah. How are you on fish tanks? Um, What's your political not... stance on fish tanks? Uh, my hot take is that uh, I think they're kind of boring and I don't need them and they make me sad. Yeah. I just feel like the fish were probably, I don't know how fish feel, but they're probably not enjoying it. And uh, it feels like a lot of money for upkeep. And mostly it's because when I was a kid, we had a big fish tank. Yeah, same and here. We also had, and we also had a cat. Uh, and a catfish. Exactly. Turned out to be a lady. <laughs> um, no, the cat jumped up to try and catch a fish, but it didn't. It just tipped the whole thing oh. over and shattered glass and water everywhere. The cat darted. So the yeah, cat was fine. Of course. But there was like, you know, <laughs> just a lot of fish carnage everywhere but that's when you were first introduced to sushi so yeah yeah that was, yeah it was win-win everyone was like all right here's dinner yeah yeah i just remember like was that was such that's such like a 70s 80s things right like every household had to have like the giant fish tank yeah yeah right i mean that was such a thing uh i just remember it was like, like a status symbol in a way yeah yeah and i remember like it would get like dirty and you had to clean it and like it smelled sometimes if you didn't clean it a lot and mm-hmm. and then you know you gotta get you you know we get snails to put in there to help clean it and yeah and then it's sad when you're a kid because then the fish dies and you're sad mm-hmm. and then your uncle jesse has a whole cabinet <laughs> full of fish yeah yeah <sighs> but then like my stupid sister uh Stephanie, I think, uh, yeah. drove Uncle Jesse's car into the kitchen. 
Or was it Michelle? I think it was Stephanie. It was Stephanie, I think, yeah. You know who would know that? The writer of this episode, Caroline Omine. Omina. Omine. Caroline would know because she wrote on uh, Full House. That's right. Back to the Simpsons that Caroline wrote, Steve. Uh, That's right. Back at the hospital, Marge has tied a sponge to a yardstick in an attempt to clean the window. And then a nurse arrives telling Marge to rest. And if she wants the window clean, she just has to push the button to call. But she doesn't want to be a bother. And then the nurse is like, uh, it's no bother. It just uh, turns up her morphine. <laughs> and then Marge pushes the button just to test it. And then she pushes it again and again and again until the uh, nurse grows frustrated. But then enters Mr. Sakamoto. Uh, not played by a, a problematic uh, voice from, uh, was it Hank, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Or Harry doing a problematic voice. Okay. He's there to give her acupressure, and Marge isn't sure she needs it f- at first, but uh, he begins to rub her feet, and <laughs> uh, Marge moans with uh, like a near-orgasmic delight. Yeah, that's uh, one of the reasons why the nation of Japan probably didn't care for this episode. There's another one that's coming up that we'll get to. So at dinner time, Lisa has prepared a table setting complete with candles lit in a candelabra. Homer and Bart uh, rush to the table and begin to devour their meal. Lisa sees that Homer's cheese isn't quite melted, but when she goes to uh, grab his plate, Homer growls like a deer. (laughs) Uh, Lisa then remembers that she forgot the slivered almonds for the uh, green beans, but when she returns to the living room, or the dining room rather, the boys are gone, their plates empty, and still rattling from their voracious eating. Us men like to eat fast. That's right, we just scarf it down. That's true. I never sit and savor my meal. No. You have a dining room, though. Do you ever dine in said room? Uh, twice a year, Christmas and Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, and uh, Arbor Day, of course. Of course, you got to do it for the trees. I mean, I'm eating on a tree, so I have to. Yeah. All trees are tables, but all tables are trees. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa, that's deep, man. Uh, all right, so Homer, uh, Bart, and then Maggie have retired to the living room to watch some uh, good old TV, the old breast tubes. That's right. The old memory visions. <laughs> the knocker bocker. <laughs> uh, the TV, Steve. Uh, the boob tube. Uh, Lisa tries to ask Maggie about her day, but, you know, Maggie just pushes Lisa's head away. <laughs> like, why, what are you going to expect from a baby? What are you going to say? Suck, I shit myself and then I walked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's usually my day, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the next day, Lisa arrives home to see that Bart is checking a, a horse racing form. And the dishes, of course, have not been done. Bart was supposed to uh, scour the pans, but he says they are, they're still soaking. Men like to soak. Mm-hmm. Especially Mormon men. Yeah. It's been four days, and Lisa shows Bart a pan that has completely rusted through. Tin roof. Rusted. <laughs> Bart claims it's an optical illusion, but then Homer arrives with some uh, groceries, such as... Maple soda. Uh, Steve, I got you some maple soda here. Mm, sweet and refreshing. Probably is. Yeah, it doesn't sound horrible, honestly. It's probably an actual product, too. Like, you know, they have like ranch dressing sodas. Why don't there be a maple soda? Think about a maple soda is it'd be good. There's literally limited edition IHOP Pepsi maple syrup flavored soda. It's the first thing. Uh, Canadian maple syrup soda from, uh, I mean, yeah, you could buy it at the, the first things that come up on Google is, is an eBay VAT 19 and a Walmart. Hmm. How to make maple cream soda recipe. Maple so- yeah, maple syrup is like uh, one of the greatest uh, sugars of all time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm just trying to uh, make our Canadian listeners uh, like us. And the, Vermont, good, eh? and, the, and the Vermont listeners. It's as good as listening to Bernie Sanders listen to a fish album while eating some Ben and Jerry's. With some lovers, right? Yeah, because that's Cause... what Vermont's for. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, uh, we got a, a cell phone full of candy. Oh, boy. We got astronaut bread, the bread of astronauts. <laughs> and Sweet Emotions, the official cereal of Aerosmith. <laughs> uh, uh, all good stuff there. That is. Um, Lisa is frustrated because he didn't buy anything on her list uh, that she made for Homer. But Homer dismisses his daughter, saying uh, with a laugh that she was way off. He then uses his cell phone of candy to call <laughs> Lollipop Island. He states that there's a little girl who had too many sour balls. And then tries to uh, continue his conversation on the sugar-filled novelty phone, but finds that nobody is on the other line. They must have hung up. I love this, like, sweet moment where, you know, Homer's just trying to cheer her up, you know, making the silly phone call. That's what a dad would do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know he's done this before, but, like, acting like an idiot when there's no one there on the phone, that's not a real phone. <sighs> it was kind of a delight. This, it was, scene. Yeah. yeah. So Lisa calls Marge at the hospital asking about her leg. At first, Marge is confused as uh, Mr. Sakamoto uh, massages her head, um, but like her hair. Or maybe he's massaging her ears, right? Could be. She's, her bunny ears. Because she's her bunny. Yeah. Marge then realizes why she was in the hospital in the first place and says that her leg is pretty great. Marge asks how things are going at home. And then we see that the house is flooded with several feet of water. And Bart and Homer are enjoying the game of uh, Marco Polo. Lisa asks if Marge will uh, return soon, but uh, her mommy says that uh, she's got a lot of therapy left. And Lisa tries to admit defeat, but, you know, Marge hangs up before she can. So that evening, Bart and Homer watch an episode of I Love Lucy while they laugh at domestic violence. Lisa's greeted by a visitor with a familiar voice. Lucy! You hit her pretty hard there, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Say, folks, what's all the ruckus? Joe, Wayne! Will you guys turn that thing down? Sweetie, if we didn't turn it down for the cops, what chance do you have? (laughs) He hit her again. Stupid little Siri, can't believe that. Losing your marbles, huh, kid? Lucy McGillicuddy Ricardo Carmichael. <coughs> and I think there's some more. What are you doing here? I came from heaven to help you get revenge on these bums. Is there an ashtray around here? Will this do? Thanks, doll. Now, we need a scheme to teach those slobs a lesson. You mean like when you hid inside the conga drum to scare Ricky? Hey, stay away from the drums. That's my bit. I got it. Here's what you do. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, the uh, domestic violence joke of uh, Ricky hitting Lucy and her cry yeah. and them laughing. I listened to the audio commentary. They also laughed at the joke. So if you laughed, it's okay. They yeah. love to. But at the time, I'm sure it's a very funny joke. And yes, I did chuckle. But deep down, it is a very dark joke. It is a very dark joke. One of the darker jokes that I think we've really experienced on The Simpsons. But I also... It is funny because just because it's the reflection of how horrible things could be. And I don't know. It, it It's something you should obviously never do. Right. And yes, I might have chuckled and I feel bad. But uh, I think it's because of the joke structure. Like, I didn't laugh at the hitting and the crying. Right. It's it's when Fred says, you hit her pretty hard there, Rick. Yeah. Like, I think it's just that delivery. That's what is, to me, is funny, even though it's obviously not a funny premise. Yeah. And then also Homer's reading of he hit her again. Yeah. And then Bart and Homer laughing about it. It's so horrible that the (sighs) absurdity of it is, I think, where the humor lies. What I'm asking is, are we horrible people for laughing at that? No, because we I think the reason that we're laughing is because it is so horrible. Okay, that we're not laughing at the idea of losing a hit. We're laughing at how horrible it is. Right. (laughs) I think. 
yeah i hope that's not horrible i mean yeah i i think it's just that line like you hit it pretty hard there rick i mean yeah it's awful but it is it was just again at the time right right is, is that how we are forgiving or how we pass things like boys will be boys it's just like well it's up the time you know like People use the N word all the time, but that was the time. It was fine then. But no, of course we don't do it. You know, like, are we excusing that too? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. To me, I think this is more of a commentary on how horrible things used to be. Okay. Yeah. And so we're laughing at that rather than, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because you would never see Homer physically assault Marge. No, his son, sure, but his wife right. never. But even now, they like, okay, maybe we should stop showing child abuse on The Simpsons because it, yeah. is a re- it is also a real thing that happens. Right. And, you know, will, you know, be detrimental to a child's health and upbringing if that happens. So you're right. It's it's a, it's something that uh, not good. Not good. Yeah, it, it's a complex issue. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, don't hit your partner or don't hit anybody. Just that's a good rule. You don't need to hit anybody, but I like it when the... Uh, mouse kills the cat yeah like could they do the same joke again i mean like like yeah we did that joke why we didn't but if this joke didn't exist could they do the same joke in today's culture i don't feel like they could but also i don't know that i don't think at the time would be perceived as bad as it is now so i think it just shows that how we've grown as a society society maybe we're learning every day like uh yeah i'm sure things we've said in the past I'm plenty of things we said in the past are probably hurtful and, uh, you know, don't reflect our views how we, you know, see them. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's just important to be able to, uh, you know, learn and reflect and realize that, you know, you're going to make mistakes and that's okay as long as you learn from them. Oh, Steve. I could see Milhouse's powered penis. Marry me, Steve. There you go. Lisa. Speaking of Lisa, she's being whispered to by the ghost of Lucy. Um, That's one thing I learned about the audio comment in the audio commentary is that uh, they wanted to have like a Lucy talk to Lisa. And so they had to have a setup of why is Lucy there? And so that's why they're watching the show. Interesting. Yeah. And of course, that isn't actually Lucille Ball. She's probably dead for at least a decade by the time this episode aired, right? Yeah, Maybe she died before. in 1989. The the greatest uh, year for cinema. That's right. And so, of course, the the great one and only Tress McNeil is doing the uh, Lucy voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's telling her, it's kind of a very funny scene. She's like whispering, but it's like that classic, like, uh, <laughs> but like, it's just, she's just talking slower and like this, you know? Yeah. Uh, telling her that when the Barton Homer fast asleep, sneak into the rooms and then Lisa steps into the living room and finds the boys uh, slumbering in their own filth. So Lisa then pulls out some uh, poster paint and a tube of oatmeal, and she mixes the oats with the paint and gets to work. The following morning, Homer wakes up with the scream. Bart cries out that something has happened to his beautiful skin. <laughs> they both rush into Lisa's room covered with spots, and uh, here's what's going on. <laughs> what's wrong with us? Oh, I don't like the looks of this. You don't? Because that's what I said. Tell her, Bart. Shut up. Shut up. We better check with the doctor. Welcome to Virtual Doctor. From the makers of Dragon Quest and Sim Sandwich. Enter Enter symptoms symptoms now. Let's see. Crusty sores? Yes. Horrible wailing? Yes. Yes! Any exposure to unsanitary conditions? Duh! We're pigs! Okay, and diagnose. You've got leprosy. Leprosy! Ah! Unclean! 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 Help us, virtual doc! Look at me! I'm on my knees! Goodbye. Oh, no. 
Excellent. I love how the video game programmers just like programmed to the character like, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. The Virtual Doctor website it says it's from the creators of Dragon Quest and Sim Sandwich. Uh, Dragon Quest is a series of RPGs and Sim Sandwich is a reference to the Sims games uh, by Electric, Electronic Arts, which also made the Simpsons game. Uh, so yeah, and uh, You Got Leprosy is... It's modeled after Elwood's Edwards, who recorded the iconic AOL greetings, such as You Got Mail, which he recorded, weirdly enough, all the way back to October of 1989. Uh, you do know that that was also his voice of the You Got Leprosy, right? Yeah. Because uh, so cool. I learned that in the commentary. They said uh, they had to get they found the guy that did the uh, Elwood who did the AOL. So that's cool. Yeah. He if I remember correctly, he didn't get paid much for that. I, I think, think you're I, right. Yeah. I think I saw something on the Internet. He's like an Uber driver now. Hmm. And so like that's his like when people get in, it's like, I'm famous for something I'm like what? And he goes, you've got mail. And people are like, yeah, who are you again? <laughs> no one uses <laughs> AOL, bro. Yeah. Cha. Cha. Anyways, let's get to the final act, Steve. Alrighty. And it begins, as every final act does, with Homer pacing in disbelief, shocked that he's got leprosy. And that his fortune cookie was correct. So the fortune cookie says you will get leprosy yeah. in bed. <laughs> Bart doesn't understand why God would punish a kid. I mean, at least an American kid. Very funny line. Uh, Lisa tells the boys that leprosy thrives in filthy conditions, so they need to clean the house to survive. Homer feels that the cure is worse than the disease. But Bart remembers that he learned in Sunday school that lepers were cured by some bearded dude. Homer ponders if it was Jesus, then remembers that uh, the family is currently on the outs with the King of Kings. Luckily, Homer knows someone holier than Jesus. Oh. I diddly ho, I go! Oh! Oh! Mod, come quick! The Simpsons are covered with cooties! Help us! We're diseased! Oh no! That's leprosy! Remember those scary lepers in Ben-Hur? You saw Ben-Hur without me? We were broken up then. Well, that's no good. Brains. Brains. Use your brains to help us. Your delicious brains. Oh, those poor souls. What's the Christian thing to do? Uh, real quick, Steve. Have you seen Ben-Hur without me? Uh, maybe. <sighs> we were on different podcasts then. Okay. I was on the Ben-Hur Boys, where we watched a minute of Ben-Hur every week for several hundred weeks. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've actually seen Ben-Hur. I don't ever plan on to. So, Nope. I feel like it's a thing that would be on TV every year around Easter time, probably. I think it is, right? Or is it? Is it that or the... I think the Might Ten the... Commandments Command yeah. special. Yeah. I just remember when it would be on TV, my dad would get excited and he'd want me to sit down and watch it. And I never would because it was boring and godly. <laughs> Do you ever like uh like like a movie so much like you know what for Christmas or his birthday or whatever um I'm gonna get him a VHS of his favorite movie but then like never watches it but when it's on TV he'll watch it yeah yeah totally <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're like oh, here you like three days of the Condor never watch it's still in the cellophane to this day probably in the VHS <laughs> yeah yeah I think I got my dad the uh, Godfather trilogy on cassette and all he watched was Godfather Part Three the only good one exactly exactly he's like I love that Sofia Coppola. <laughs> I mean, her um, acting ability, her directing ability sucks. Yeah, but her acting. She's <laughs> no, a great director. So um, he, he never watched the the trilogy. I think I think I probably got my dad the Godfather trilogy as well. Uh huh. But I think it was through uh, uh, Columbia House. You know, I did the uh, ten for a penny. Oh, that's a good move. Yeah. And then had to pay forty dollars for one VHS for like three VHSs for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Sure, I did. But you got a copy of Monkey Trouble or no, I didn't. Thing that you didn't want. 
I did pretty good. I think I got. Uh, I think this is actually for me. I didn't buy anything for anybody, but I did the. Uh, I think the Godfather trilogy. I think I did like Goldeneye. God, I can remember these because I would just the summer when they arrived. Like that was like what I would do. I just watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Goldeneye. Remember that the Godfather trilogy sounds about right. <sighs> Maybe uh, Men in Black. I think Jura- oh, no, I think I already had Jurassic Park because it was like ten you- for a penny, right? Yeah. So I got four down. I definitely know his Godfather. Maybe oh, Goodfellas. I think was one of them. That that would track. Maybe uh, was maybe the Tarantino like Pulp Fiction was probably I probably got Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. VHS is fun stuff. I miss them. I really like uh, when Barton and Homer are reaching their hands into the uh, mail slot and calling out brains. What are you talking about? The Simpsons. I thought we were talking about VHSs. Oh, sorry. Uh, I really like in the video of this episode that you watched on VHS. Exactly. That Thank I bought with, that came with three other episodes, <laughs> all about leprosy. Uh, but when Homer's like brains, use your brains <laughs> to help us. It's a fun line. Even the animation was great with the mm-hmm. uh, the doorbell or the uh, people. Yeah. Yeah. Fun clip. Uh, so Ned opens the door to Homer and Bart wearing a face mask, raincoat, and oven mitts. Bart rushes in and finds Rod and Todd enjoying some Jello. Bart picks up the Jello with his bare hands, uh, much to the fright of Rod and Todd. Homer then scoops up uh, some of that jello for Todd, but Maud sucks it up in the vacuum, uh, dropping a match into the vacuum, causing a small explosion, <laughs> which is funny because that was the uh, style at the time. Uh, Ned would love to uh, help, but they're not actually prepared for lepers. Homer asks them if he's being shunned, but Ned just wants them to take him to a place where they'll be taken care of. Homer excitedly kisses Ned's mustache, and then Maud uses the uh, vacuum hose to suck off Ned's mustache, <laughs> ripping the hairs uh, from his le- uh, upper lip. Ned then asks uh, Rod and Todd to bring him some alcohol-free alcohol. Which they probably have now, right? Probably, yeah. It's called Budweiser Next or whatever it's called. Boom. Budweiser Take Zero. Take that, Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> it's just called Budweiser. <laughs> so at the hospital, Dr. Hibbert uses a saw to remove Marge's cast, which, of course, that's how you would remove a cast. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we have to bring that up, but we do. Uh, he's frightened to find that Marge's leg is covered in hair because, you know, women can't have hair on their legs. No. This is a very sexist uh, joke. Mm-hmm. Marge responds that it's been a week as Hibbert calls for a thousand cc's of leg wax stat. Um, before you go on, why what? isn't her other leg hairy? Because they shaved it for her. Okay, that tracks. I think it's a dumb joke because Dr. Hibbert should know, like, yeah, how many casts does he take off of people? Like, I just thought this joke, I, I think this joke's a negative joke for me. Like, I don't think it's funny. I, I, I get what you're saying. I think I agree with you. Like, do you think That's... in like 300 years, like, people will be like, yeah, women had to shave their body hair and be like, what? That's weird. Like, yeah, but the men didn't. Yeah. Although, hey, if you're a dude out there, shave your balls. Gotta shave them balls. Shave that rusty sheriff badge. Steve, I've seen your pits. Get rid of that hair. Yeah. Have you ever shaved your body hair? Like, uh, pits, no, when I've never have. I'm, I luckily have just the right amount of body hair for me. Like, I'm hairy, but not overly so. Stop turning on hey, our ladies, listeners. Yeah. Or men or non-binary folks. Um, I'm unattractive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was your, uh, that's your opening line on Tinder, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I was 18, I uh, had a hernia operation. And in order to make an incision, they had to shave some of my pubic hair off. And so I had like a little patch of no hair. And when I came back, it was so goddamn itchy and scratchy. And poochy. (laughs) It was a little poochy. And so I only shave north of the border, the border being my neck. Oh, there's a Canadians. Yeah. 
I did like in my like super fit days when I was like runner and stuff like that. I definitely went through like I did maybe once. I did fuck it. I did the the whole chest, did the pits, did the legs and everything except for uh, my knees. I kept those hairy. Oh yeah. It was weird. I've done the armpit like once just to see what it was like. And I'm not a swimmer. I know like swimmers do it and bicyclists yeah. do. But I was running like I'm not really going to be aerodynamic because I'm like I'm still wearing clothes when I'm running. But I just wanted to see what it was like. And it just felt like my armpits were wet the whole time. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, props to you ladies that are uh, men and ladies and non-binaries who do it. But uh, I don't know. I like yeah. my my stinky armpit hair and my eight-inch nipple hair. You know, <laughs> at least something's eight inches on me at least, right? There you go. Just keep my belly hairy so I can get that lint out mm-hmm. every uh, every every morning. <laughs> let's let's not gross the fans out, okay? Okay. Lisa is cleaning the house and she's muttering on her breath about the lazy no good lepers. And then she receives a phone call from Mo wondering about Homer's whereabouts. And then also in this clip, Mars arrives home and Lisa has to tell her mom what happened. Hey, uh, is Homer there? No, he isn't. I don't know where he is. I'm a little worried. He usually stops in for an eye-opener on the way to work. He told us he'd been going to the gym. <laughs> wow. Anyway, you don't think he could be at another bar, do you? Because I couldn't take that. I I, I just couldn't. I, <laughs> I, don't hang up on me. I'm home, everybody. Gee, the house looks great. Mom, I lost Dad and Bart. Lost them? What do you mean? I tricked them into thinking they had leprosy. Hansen's disease. You know, like that horrible cream soda? Well, Dad and Bart ran away and no one seems to know where they went. Okay, okay, calm down. They couldn't have gone too far. Molokai! You mean Hawaii? Mm-hmm, that's the one. They've got a top-notch leper colony there, so we shipped him right off. Ooh, cost us a bundle, too. I guess we'll have an imagination Christmas this year. Yay! Imagination Christmas! I got a pogo stick. I got a hula! I love the fact that Moe's like, don't hang up. And it's like, you just just hangs up. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Moe. I mean, when you think about it, it's really dark. Like, Homer's been like, well, I'm going to go to the gym before work. And he just goes (laughs) to a bar in the morning. Yeah, because what he has to probably be at work at like, let's say seven, maybe. Yeah. Or if it's a nine to five, but still like bars usually aren't open that early unless it's like a a soccer game on and like in Portland, like when there's like a a soccer game on that's in or sorry, football game on that, you know, in Europe land bars open early for that. Um, I also like the Imagination Christmas. That's fun. Um, I think I know what we're doing for Christmas this year, Steve. Oh, yeah. Also love the uh, Band-Aid, the little smiley face Band-Aid that Ned's got. Mm-hmm. And then when Lisa is talking about uh, leprosy and then Marge is like, oh, Hanson's disease, like that crappy cream soda. Mm-hmm. I got to agree with you, Marge. Hanson's is not a good soda. No. Like, I remember like when as a kid, I think my mom got it once. Because they make different flavors, too. Right. But, like, the price point-wise, it was like, well, it's more expensive than, like, your Pepsis or Cokes. Mm-hmm. But it tastes like shit. Right. Was it, was it supposed to be marketed as, like, a higher-end soda? Or... I think it might have been one of the earlier sodas to have maybe stevia or, like, some sort of sugar alternative. Aspartame. Yeah. Because I always associated it with, like, going over to a friend's house whose parents were a bit more uh, granola-y and, like, crunchy, naturally. Right. And they would have it as, like, a little treat with, like, organic cheese puffs or literally granola. <laughs> right. I'm on their website now. They, they got cherry vanilla, root beer, ginger ale, grapefruit, key lime twist, original cola, kiwi strawberry, mandarin lime, orange, pomegranate, and vanilla cola. Hmm. Maybe I just had the diet ones, and the diet ones were just god-awful. I think that's what we're talking about. But they still make real cane sugar Hanson soda. But 
I just don't think it was ever that good. Yeah, I don't think so. I think maybe for uh, cocktail mixers. I could see that. So she said cream soda. Like I don't see cream soda in their lineup. Maybe she's thinking of the... Uh... Like Verner's? Huh? Verner's is another brand that I always associate kind of with uh, Hanson as like being adjacent. Yeah, she's a cream soda. I just don't see... It. They have a root beer, but maybe they did have huh. a cream soda at one point, but... Yeah. Uh, cream sodas in general, like sometimes are not good. They can be really sweet and <laughs> yeah. you got to get that flavor balance just right. It's right. it's a hard thing to do. All right. Well, Steve, the Simpsons are going to Hawaii. That's right. And at the Molokai leper colony, which welcomes the leprous Knights of Columbus, Homer and Bart arrive and Homer tries to pay the cab driver, but the driver drives off disgusted by Homer's scabs. Homer and Bart look at the beautiful new uh, surroundings and they take it all in. Homer has a plan. They'll take the cure, bag a few lobsters, and then watch some gay guys get married, which at the time was the only place where gay marriage was legal. And then they meet with a hospital counselor in this clip. Ah, you must be the Simpsons. Howdy, and thanks for not recoiling in horror. Thank you for the friendly howdy. Can we get a room with a view? Oh, you'll have a great view of the whole beach from the electric needle room. Really? The whole beach? Yes, from the electric needle room. Electric needle room. I was looking up real quick to see if lobsters are in Hawaii. Uh, yeah. There is lo- there is lobsters in Hawaii. So because huh. always I uh, think of like lobsters, you think of East Coast. Yeah, because on the West Coast we got crabs. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but of course crabs are far superior to your lobsters, guys. Sorry, it's true. I, I know that. Agree. I know that sounds like a Pacific North Northwesterner thing to say, but give us some Dungeness crabs. We're known for Dungeness crabs. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, are they good? They are good. Lobster, like I could eat crab without dipping it in butter. Lobsters, you gotta dip in butter. It's just a butter delivery system. Yep. Uh, crabs, I want all the crabs in the world. Steve, mm-hmm. give me your crabs. I've got plenty of crabs to go around. Um, only I didn't have pubes. <laughs> and you know the joke of uh, you know when Homer was saying, like we didn't hear in the clip, but you said it earlier about uh, they're gonna watch some gay guys get married, like. As a novel, at that time, it was like a novelty, you know, like, oh, Hawaii has gay marriage. And thinking about that, too, it's like, oh, good for them. But how, like, looking at it now, is like, why? Like, how just kind of awful that was. Like, yeah, if you're happy and you know it, you should marry anyone you, you know that makes you happy, regardless mm-hmm. of gender. Right. The fact that uh, it's so weird that, like, people want to get rid of that. I know. And, like, you know, this episode is 23 years old, but still, it seems like it should have been a lot longer ago that that was just commonplace. Yeah. 23 years ago. That's uh, this episode is uh, older than your wife. Yeah. It's true. Also from Hawaii. And here's to uh, my next uh, fact I learned. Caroline herself is from Hawaii. Whoa. Yeah. So when they came up with this pitch idea, she's she's like, uh, like, oh, you're from Hawaii. Write something about Hawaii. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Huh. It pays to listen to the uh, audio commentary. So fans, don't do it. I'll do it for you. There you go. That's what we're here for. Only from seasons 11 to, I think, maybe 15 I have the DVDs. Oh, that's something. I, I think so. Yeah. So another piece of trivia, speaking of uh, leper colonies. We're just full of facts this episode. It's true. Uh, we're a wealth of knowledge. Uh, this is the second episode to be banned in Japan. The first being the infamous uh, 30 Minutes Over Tokyo, which my father also hated. <laughs> uh, the reason that this episode uh, was banned in Japan was uh, because of the leprosy subplot and the segregation element as segregation laws were still deemed a sensitive matter in Japan. This episode, you can't listen to the audio commentaries in Japanese because they are not sold in Japan, nor is it on uh, Disney Plus in Japan. 
Wow, so the Japanese audience can't watch this episode and the Michael Jackson episode. That's right. Is uh, the the Tokyo uh, Three Minutes Over Tokyo also banned in, in on Disney Plus? Yeah. So three episodes that they cannot watch. I'm sure they can find a torrent for this episode if they want to. I I would imagine so. Steve, I have a new business idea. We take those three episodes that you can't watch, and we go over to Japan and sell bootlegs of these episodes on the streets of Tokyo. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> we got Michael Jackson. <laughs> we got we leopards. We, we got leopards, and we got an episode that's problematic to your country. Enjoy. <laughs> All right. So as Homer screams in pain, Bart listens in. Glad that he's not the the one in pain because uh, currently that's. Uh, the person that's in there is Homer, and he was the number one on the, the ticket sheet. Uh, but then, of course, Bart looks down, and he's number two. <laughs> and then uh, he sees a, a guy with a shrunken head and switches his number. <laughs> and then uh, then he gets cursed, and his head shrinks. And then, uh, wait, that's Beetlejuice. Was I watching Beetlejuice? You might have been watching Beetlejuice. It'll happen from time to time. I was watching Beetlejuice. You're Uh-oh. watching, oh, no. I think it's three times. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Oh, he's going to come by. Uh, guys, Michael Keaton's here. What do I do? He's just walking around and saying, I'm Batman. Now I'm Birdman. Now I'm the Vulture. I like things that fly. It's a whole multiplicity of uh, <laughs> bird-based villains. Oh, guys, now he's drinking all my alcohol. He's not clean and sober anymore. Oh, no. And now, now he's trying to take care of my kids, trying to be a real Mr. Mom. Probably because he doesn't work at that factory anymore because they were all gung-ho about it. <laughs> yeah, he's saying he's got to go to work tonight. He's, he has to work the night shift. He's also looking for a, a woman, last name Brown, first name Jackie. I heard huh. she's out of sight because he played the same character in those movies, Steve. Yeah. And then he's like probably going to want to go to McDonald's like he's a founder <laughs> or something. What a real Dumbo. Anyways, but Michael Keaton, he's still dope and sick to me. That's because he has a need for speed. <laughs> it's Morbin time. <laughs> hey, let's get back to the Simpsons. All righty. Uh, Marge suggests that they all go home, but Homer is in no rush. All they have to do is endure two hours of blinding pain, and then it's nothing but shopping and surfing. He's in no rush. That's right. He's no Getty Lee. Getty Lee, yeah, okay. No Neil Peart. No the other guy. And the rest. (laughs) Uh, Bart then shares their plan for the evening. Tonight we're going to put our fake sores back on, then jump the fence at Club Med and scare the normals. Wow, it all sounds lovely, but... Come on, listen up. This is paradise. Number one, report to the Dermabrasion Hut. That's me. Do, 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 do. Mm, da, 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 da. Hello. The last thing I learned in that clip, that little like little hop, that little jump that Homer does when he gets up, mm-hmm. they were supposed to animate something for him to jump over, but they thought it was so funny that they just kept it in as like a little skip. There we go. Oh. And that's what we learned from the audio commentary, that uh, Caroline's name, uh, she's from Hawaii, mm-hmm. that jump, and uh, what was the other thing we learned from the audio commentary? Uh, Hawaii... Caroline's name. Uh... They also were talking about other Simpsons episodes that were funny, just like this podcast. So we're good. Okay, good. Uh, well, that's our episode. Uh, let's reflect on that. We'll take a break and uh, we'll talk about it some more. We'll be right back.
All righty, Craig, we're back. Let's finish up our discussion of Little Big Mom. We'll talk about the things that made us laugh, the things that made us think, who was our MVJ, most valuable jokester, and what we thought about the episode. And we'll even find out what we're watching next week. But before we do all of that, let's uh, give each other some nice gifts. And so for you, Craig, I know that you are, you know, such a fan of the mighty pastime of America, that being the good old stick and ball game baseball and so i got you your pitch back back the pitch back that you grew up with loving throwing in the field waiting for your ball to return to you much like your long lost father but now at least your pitch back has returned oh i wanted the box uh-huh. <laughs> so i can put it back in sure well thank you for the gift steve i'm gonna throw all my balls at it as you should many pitches will be backed uh, Steve. Yes. I guess I got you a present too. Oh, geez. You shouldn't have. I know you're a real gamer. Mm hmm. And uh, what little 40 year old boy like yourself wouldn't love this video game? It's Sim Sandwich. Oh, boy. Now, you know, I, I used kinda... to play in the arcades and <laughs> yeah. I could never get past the Ruben, ep- uh, Ruben level. So, yeah, exciting. I got. I guess you the arcade one up uh, $500 <laughs> uh, cabinet that you put in your house. Much like the Simpsons They're, one. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Sim sandwich. It I also has a, it also has a, a hoagie hero, which is it's oh. the same game, but you're making hoagies. Sure. Yeah. And heroes. So <laughs> I didn't splurge to get the uh, upgraded to the uh, rap maker. <laughs> yeah, that, that game's fun. But I the one that I hated was the controversial hot dog creator because <laughs> i just don't think it fits into that game because hot dog's not a sandwich i get it now right 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 anyway and you could customize your wieners just like uh in uh, cyberpunk 2077 that's right <laughs> that's funny about that sim sandwich i don't think we talked about that much but isn't there like there actually is now like all these like simming games like even the simpsons like predicted it with like the farming simulator like now there's right. like lawnmower simulator and like tractor simulator like I'm pretty sure there is like a sandwich making video game out there. I'm sure there are maybe even several. Like there's a lot of mobile games, too, where you make sandwiches for some reason. (laughs) And we play them for hours on the hours. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the gift. Um, I mean, thank you for your gift. And uh, thank me for giving you a gift. Thank me. Thank you for the gift as well. Well, and you're welcome. Uh, So, Craig, uh, who made you laugh in this episode? What made you laugh? Homer, mm, is he the MVJ? We always give it to MVJ, but this is like high Homer dumb episode, right? But him on the candy cell phone was hilarious. I mean, probably at the time, you got to say the best joke, of course, was stupid, sexy flanners, because that's just such a colloquialism in in pop culture. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's the best joke now. I mean, even Homer, the animation, the animation of Homer falling out of the Goodwill truck with the box was hilarious. Uh, that itchy and scratchy was probably like a top tier itchy and scratchy cartoon. Like, yeah, it could rival some of those golden age itchy and scratchy episodes. I think mm-hmm. even the bit of like uh, where they take March to the hospital to they're like, oh, Beth or Israel, like, oh, no, no, that's too fancy. You know, just then to Springfield Presbyterian and then that making an ongoing joke. I kind of like the banter between Flanders and Maude for uh, uh, Flanders being upset that she saw Ben Hur without him. Yeah. <laughs> Hibbert curing his uh, cankers sores. Yeah. Um, I love the bit too. I'm talking about it on the podcast, but I love the bit of Homer getting from the chore hat and be like, ah, oh, this is a practice, practice, practice. <laughs> oh, look, there's one that's good. And if I pull that one out, I could do it. And he does and his practice. I, I guess Homer gets the MVJ. And yeah. oh, how can I forget the evil deer? That growl. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and Homer and Bart acting like kids when Lisa sends them off to school. And her like those like those boys of mine or whatever she says. Uh, 
I would never say the best joke is the Ricky Ricardo hitting Lucille Ball and Fred going, you hit it really hard, Rick. That I would definitely not say that's the funniest joke. Yeah. I would definitely not say that. Definitely not. That being said, uh, Fred, he's the MVJ in this episode. Sure. <laughs> no, they're all great. Uh, yeah. It's a tough thing to pick because this is a very joke heavy, like, yeah, type of one. It's also a very yeah. visual episode. Like, right. The whole uh, most of the ski stuff is all very funny, but it's a lot of visual gags, too. Like um, Marge being scared of riding up the lift. And then as soon as Lisa praises her, she's already going down the hill saying, like, I'm sorry. Can I change my gift to you? I'm going to get you a killing machine instead. Alrighty, <laughs> And then I'll change my gift to give you a cloning machine. OK, thanks. Yeah, that, that's what we should do. Yeah. We should we should really coordinate the the joke gifts before the podcast. Yeah, I know, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it all around I think it's just some goofy ass uh, lines. So yeah, how about you? Um, yeah, everything that you said I completely agree with. Um, you're interfering with our good time is really funny. Lucy is a lot of fun. Just asking a little girl for an ashtray is just a funny thing. And then just the whole whispering bit is really good. Yeah, Lisa being like, "You stay away from that, Lenny." That's oh, really right. funny. It's funny because usually Homer is dumb. Other people are smart. And that's kind of the way the world works. In this episode, everybody's kind of dumb, but in a beautiful way. Like Marge is like kind of uh, just getting hopped up on morphine and just enjoying herself, which I enjoy. Lisa is overconfident that she can take care of the family. I like that. And also like in the beginning with Lisa too, like being just like a kid of like, you know, sitting on the couch, not wanting like the Marge to donate to the Goodwill. Yeah. And like her and, being dumb, like them trying to stop the whole Marge donating, like not figuring out how to like use a door. Right. It's, it's tough to pick one. I might give it to Lisa just because her performance is really good. But all around, everybody, everybody is really good. And I think that this was uh, a really silly, fun episode. And the plot structure is kind of insane because, you know, we talk about how sometimes the Simpsons start one place and end the other. Mm -hmm. And here they go from... <laughs> They go from watching the cartoon to seeing Marge get rid of stuff to going skiing just because to Marge in the hospital to Hawaii. Such a fun journey. There's a lot of set pieces. Like, how did they get yeah. all these sets built? Like, this must have been an expensive episode to uh, for all so those They probably designers. had to fly to Colorado for the skiing. Right. And then, and then fly to Hawaii. Hawaii. Well, yeah. what I read that I don't think they, they didn't actually fly to Hawaii. They were just using uh, uh, Southern California sets. Oh, yeah. Tracks, yeah. There was some green screen work. And some fake palm trees. That's why the sores were green, <laughs> because they, they they didn't show up on the green screen. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's just get into it, Craig. What were your uh, what What do you think of this episode? So I remember uh, talking last week. That's how good my memory. So I remember talking last week. No, <laughs> that I was very hesitant. I think you probably hear it in my voice, and maybe even yours too. About like, oh, it's this episode, the leper episode. I remember this, and not having very fond memories of it. Mm -hmm. when it originally aired and of course this is season 11 and this is the time we're kind of getting out of uh out of love of the simpsons we're still watching it but this is kind of when it's growing like we're growing to like okay well it's you know there's it's not as good as it used to be you know like many fans say mm -hmm. and i was preparing for this episode to be like i'm gonna shit over this like so much like this is gonna be a scat party of a podcast because oh, i'm just gonna shit everywhere and uh, at first rewatch, I was like, yeah, it's, I understand. I, yeah. But then watching it again, you know, taking notes and then just kind of like, and then listening to the commentary when, when you hear other people talking about it and liking it, much like this podcast, I think too, like, I feel that 
we sometimes sway the listeners who might have had a negative reaction towards an episode and us just like goofing around making jokes and then highlighting the joys of it mm-hmm. and even pointing out some of the things we didn't like like of course i didn't like the marge had hairy legs bit because that, that wasn't yeah. funny like a doctor should know that it's it's dumb but talking to you again and then rewatching it, I had a blast with this episode. It's not the best episode. It does things that we don't like. We've talked about things that we don't like about The Simpsons. I feel like the third act does kind of fall short for me. Like, I think the first two acts are great. The mm-hmm. leprosy act bit is it, very abrupt and it just goes places because why not? The Simpsons can do that. Like, why do I need to have it always grounded in Springfield, you know? But it wasn't the Simpsons dime, you know, it was the Flanders. They paid for the trip. Yeah. So, it just goes everywhere, but there's something about this episode that I think... I mean, yeah, you have the iconic Stupid Sexy Flanders from this episode, and I, I kind of enjoyed it, you know? It's not the best, not the worst. It's just full of dumb fun. So if I'm going to rank this episode, and we always do, uh, Leprosy, according to Wiki and the year 2018, roughly about uh, 209,000 people in the world get leprosy each year. Mm-hmm. So out of 209,000, I'll give this episode 169,000. Nice. How about you, Steve? Uh, well, Craig, I definitely remember watching this episode live. From and New York? Yeah, it was, it was Sunday night, actually. Oh, okay. And I don't remember exactly how I thought about it initially, but I do remember watching it in subsequent reruns. And so I do have a fondness for this episode, but watching it with my adult eyes that are in my adult head and connected to my adult brain, I love this episode. There's some flaws to it. Obviously, the domestic violence is questionable, but somehow funny. The hairy legs, yeah, that's a little antiquated. And it is structurally a very odd episode that does kind of... It's just funny if you like look at the time and where things go in this plot. They don't even talk about leprosy until like 14 or 15 minutes in. Yeah, the show's almost over. <laughs> right. They go to Hawaii in like the last two minutes. It's It's pretty wild how this episode is structured, but it's nothing but fun. I think that Homer is just so silly and stupid. And I love that Barton Homer dynamic of just being like goofy boys playing around and Lisa having to, uh, you know, take care of them. It just highlights when the Simpsons dynamic works. It works really well. And I think it does in this. I really like this episode. I thought it was just so silly and so much fun that it always will have a place in my heart, even if it is like does have its problems. And yeah, it is probably the best itchy and scratchy episode that we've seen so far. <laughs> yeah. You know, aside from su- uh, Stupid Sexy Flanders, um, I think the idea of uh, Imagination Christmas has always stuck with me. That's another one that a quote that lives in my head, but I never know what episode it's from. So no, there's that. So this is a solid episode for me, and I really enjoyed it. So if you go to hell, if you go to hell and you want to play baseball in hell, you're going to need a pitch back because, you know, Satan's not going to throw it back for you. Mm-mm. He's going to like duck and say, ha ha ha, burn. Are you sure he's a he, Steve? Don't genderize Satan. Right. Of course, they. They. And so if you go to dicks.com, put in dicks sporting goods, not just dicks.com because that's a different website. Um, A Rookit Sports Pitchback Rebounder uh, retails for $129.99. And so I'm going to throw down, um, we'll say $112.69 out of that. So $112 out of $129. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was a little nervous last week uh, because you were like, I have things to say about this episode. I'm like, uh oh. Yeah. The things I have to say is I enjoyed this episode a lot. I just feel like this might be an episode, might have been an episode too, like for fans, like old school fans that maybe they don't like this episode. And maybe they didn't at the beginning, but maybe they turned turned around and like, like we did. Yeah. I'd say for me, it's a must watch, you know, not just like if it's on, but I would say seek it out. Yeah. 
sit with it, enjoy it. It's a unless, fun time. I, unless you're in Japan. Sorry, you can't watch it. Right. And also, you know, if you do suffer from leprosy, it might be insensitive. I don't. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. Steve, we only have 209,000 listeners. And you know what? They all have leprosy. Oh, no. Yeah. It's that one guy in the colony is like, hey, guys, check this out. And if you're a leper, let us know at 138simpsons at gmail.com. That's right. We're going we're gonna to out you. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> As a leopard, Steve. Yeah, you're spotted. <laughs> uh, well, we enjoyed this episode. Will we enjoy what we're watching next week? Well, I don't know, because I don't know what we're watching next week, because we don't have a new episode. Uh, so to find out, we're going to need that good old wheel of random. So we'll bust that out. And uh, Craig, let's give it a spin to see which season we are in. Boop. All right, we got season 26. Season 26. All righty, let's give it another spin to see which episode we are watching. Episode 20. Season 26, episode 20. What do you think the title is? I think the title could be, we're probably looking at almost 10 years ago, thinking about way back then. Steve, I'll let you know it came out in 2015. Okay, that, that helps. <laughs> and, um, the, and the production code was TABF13. 13, okay. So I'm going to say that this episode is entitled Game of Bones, and it's all about Santa's Little Helper or something. Doesn't matter. You don't need to give us the synopsis. That's right. Well, there is the letter A in the title, hey. like Game of Bones. Doing all right. There's also a G. Uh-huh. No M's, though. No. One E. We got three O's, one F, uh, no B's, uh, one S. So can you solve? Sorry, Pat. I don't know. Uh, no, it was not. Sorry, Pat. I don't know. <laughs> it's actually let's go fly a coot. Let's go fly a coot. Yeah. Now you can tell me what the synopsis is, what you what you think it is. You scumbag. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. <laughs> um, a coot <laughs> sounds so old timey. I'm going to say that Homer becomes uh, an air pilot somehow, and uh, he has to become Mr. Burns private jet flyer pilot, and they have adventures Kind of like a driving this daisy situation where Mr. Burns and Homer eventually bond, but at first it's like really cantankerous. Oh, and uh, Lisa buys a snow cone machine. Uh, yeah, you got it right. Cool. <laughs> but also in it, uh, the Simpsons learn about Grandpa's stories in the Air Force. Oh. Also, in order to impress Millhouse's Dutch cousin, Annika, Bart plans to smoke e-cigarettes. <laughs> Is that real? Uh, yeah. So that sounds like something we'd make up, but no. Yeah. I guess Bart starts smoking e-cigarettes, which I think we've learned over the past few years that uh, are very detrimental. Yeah. Like just as bad as smoking regular cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And kind of more annoying, too. Yeah. Uh, we got some guest stars, Steve. We got uh, Carice Van Houten huh. as Annika. Wait, who's Carice Van Houten? Isn't that Milhouse's last name? Yeah, I think she was in... Uh... Oh, she's from Game of Thrones, isn't she? Yeah. Okay, that's funny. So she must. Oh, so she plays Annika Van Houten. That's hilarious because her that's name funny. is Van Houten. Okay. Yeah. And then we got someone named Glenn Close playing Mona Simpson. Not sure who that is. I have no idea. But we uh, we got uh, the show is written by Jeff Westbrook and Chris Clements directed. Oh boy. Yeah. Exciting, Steve. Do you remember this episode? Not at all. You, Craig? Nope. Okay. This will be right. fun. Yeah. So much fun, Steve. Fun Alrighty. for us all. 
Indeed. And it's been fun talking to you, Craig. And uh, thank you so much for listening, folks. And hey, if you want to reach out to us, you can do it on the socials at 138Simpson. And you can email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And hey, you can uh, leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, leave us five stars or the equivalent, but you don't need to write a real review. Just tell us uh, your fake disease and how you got away with it. And if you don't want to do all that tippy typing, you can talk to us through a voicemail. You just go to anchor.fm slash 138Simpsons or just open the podcasting app in this episode. Scroll down. It says leave a message. Do that. Tell Let's us your hear. problems and we'll solve them. Sure. Using the Simpsons. And oh, hey, there's merch too. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash annoy grunt boys for some shirts or pillowcases or uh, whatever they sell on there. Hoodies. That's right. So this week, I've been annoyed grunt boy Steve. And I've been annoyed grunt boy Crick. And remember, I got a blast of dookie. And skiing Fanny first into a crevasse isn't my idea of fun. I've got a D-neat Lisa's baloney.